What's up, nincompoops? Welcome back to the Bad Christian Podcast. We got something new that we kicked off. Daily episodes of this podcast, if you can believe it. And that's the BC Club, or the people that get that. We've been recording episodes live in the club every day about lunchtime. They're relatively short, but they're nice and loose and fun. And so if you're the kind of person who checks your podcast feed and you didn't see anything good that gives you that good feeling, that you know neuro reward when you see a podcast you wish you had and it finally is in your feed and you feel that way about Bad Christian once a week, well, you can get a whole bunch more serotonin hits. Um, well, I guess I'm explaining addiction. You guys are addicted to the podcast. That's what I'm trying to say. And there's no point in fighting it. The first step is recognizing your addiction. The second step is joining the BC Club, okay? Does that make sense? Go to thebcclub.com, get daily episodes. They're a lot of fun, and I do think you'd really enjoy the community over there and getting to hang out with the people because it's, it's pretty much a 24-7 hangout with our Facebook group and our Discord group and all that kind of stuff. And uh, we're trying to make it fun and healthy, and I think that it is. So today's show is sponsored by Pro Flowers. Don't forget Mother's Day is coming. You can get one dozen assorted roses for $19.99 by going to proflowers.com. Click on the microphone in the upper right-hand corner and use our code, Bad Christian. Also, today's show is brought to you by Hymns. Get started for just $10 at 4 slash bcpod. Here we go. Oh, hell yeah, God showed up. I don't give a shit what I put in my body. You don't ever f- talk to me that way. <laughs> so if you've never done oral, then you're extrovert. No, girl, it's my pleasure. I, I showed my dad head. my penis when I was 25 years old. You don't get more honest than that. Three, two, one. Bad Christian. Right, what's going all on right. in the neighborhood, fellas? Oh man, I'm just oh. writing music. That's all I do for. I don't. I don't make any money on it, and I just. I just write music. You don't make any money on it. <laughs> you just keep on doing. That it. is a lie. I guess you're right. You call me a lie. <laughs> I, don't I make, make any some money. I, w- I wish it was more so I could afford. To have do. you? You've been supporting your family for years. Have you made much money any other way? You got me again there, man. Uh, <laughs> no, I haven't. Music's basically been music. Yeah. But uh, I've been writing so many. It's it, I, I'm joking here, but it's actually been pretty cool. So we're working on this. I can say it, right? We're working on an Emory EP. Oh, yeah. Here, yeah. I know. We kind of talked about that. And uh, Devin and I have been doing, we added it to the Emory page too, but uh, we'll write a song for you. You send in a song uh, idea or maybe even some lyrics you have and give us a little bit of time and we will write a song for you. You can go to emorymusic.com, check that out. But it's interesting, like just Devin and I got back from a little tour we did uh, playing acoustically. And it, it's funny, like I, I always said I would do music a ton, but I, I really have. Like I, I really have. I mean, like I, I mean it, I'm 43 and it is a majority of what I have done in my life. Yeah. I mean, to- it really is now. It's crazy. Like, I've done Toby. music more than, I guess, anything, but way more than school well, sure, now yeah. at this point and everything. I mean, T- Toby, looking back, it's so, it's so crazy. Like, do you have, I mean, I, I know you don't have like deep regrets, like, oh, I wish I would have done something differently, but 
at Winthrop, when I met you, you were a music major and you switched to education and you haven't taught one class ever. Like what, if you could go back in time, you would have for sure majored in guitar, right? Knowing what your future, I mean, wouldn't you? Uh, it wouldn't have mattered. Uh, I don't didn't. know if that would have helped me anymore, really? honestly. I, I don't know. I don't, uh, God, this is a lot of people listening. I don't know if a music degree is that helpful. No, if you want to be in, if you want to be in music entertainment, I, I mean, I could be wrong about yeah, this, but just but a I, matter of focusing your time on something you really enjoy instead of taking yeah, all those education well, classes. It, yes, but what practice. I would rather have done is all the money that I'm still paying back right now. How yeah. awesome would it have been if I offered that to a studio, you know, producer? Yeah, yeah. you know, like yeah. man, yeah. I bet I, even back then, I bet if I would have said, "Hey, Aaron Sprinkle," who I didn't know at the time. Hey, yeah. I'm going to give you $10,000. Uh, can I just come sit here and just glean some information? Which would have been better. It would have yeah. it actually would have been better for me. He'd say, hey, go over here to this computer and do this, this, and this. And, yeah, it, yeah. and it would have helped me a ton, you know? But I just, I thought all this other stuff mattered. That's why, I mean, we're in a whole wild thing now of does college matter? And I don't know if it does anymore. I'm going to be very hard on my kids to not go to college. I yes. Think. I, I, you know what I mean? Like that, that, <laughs> well, here, here's my... Uh, the only thing it, that's good about college is that I, I met you guys. So that yeah, the the, right. the meeting and the hanging out, that I... High, high value to If me. you could figure out a way for kids to like live in community in that way. And here's a really interesting question, Toby. Think about how much you paid for college and then think about the friendships you got out of it and then do the math and say, well, was it worth it? Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Yes, well, of was. course it was That's worth it. That's where Emory it. came yeah. from. You know? well, well, of course yeah, it was I mean, worth everything's it. Everything's worth it if you look sure. at it. No, 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 I know. No, I know. I wouldn't change a thing. I mean, I yeah, wouldn't change. We, we bought a condo at the worst possible time when the market crashed. I wouldn't have changed a thing because somehow through that, we were able to have kids and those kids might have been different if we lived somewhere else or whatever. Now, I do, I promise you, I've said this a million times. I want to go buy, I don't have the money to, but if I had the money to go buy, an apartment building and then just make that a college. And you just have like a, a, a few counselor people that, that you get to go talk to and you say, Hey, they, they really push you and go, what do you want to do? What is your passion? Yeah. What do you like? Okay. Now you can go to YouTube right now or go, here's the place in town. You want to learn about this and this go there and, and internship and pay those people $10,000. I mean, it just, I, I really believe it would work. I don't know I if you could do, shadowing can, people and doing stuff would just it, at the very least you would you would go oh man this is what it's like to be in an office and sitting at a computer all day or yeah. this is well, what it's like to be on tour with a band or to make records or to you know whatever it might be how hard would it be to do that and it not seem like a cult like think about it I'm gathering thirty kids I've got thirty bedrooms for you to stay in I'm gonna count exactly you. what a college does <laughs> except for charges you more no, I'm just saying I, you just, I know but one socially to, acceptable the other one looks like. No, not a, a cult. cult. I'm not. I'm not preaching anything or telling them to do it. I mean, what? He's <laughs> also not about it. to start the the new thing. So don't. It's neither here nor there. But let me paint a little bit of a different picture about Toby and college. That it hold on. Help. Wait a minute. Why in the world would Joey call it a cult? I'm saying apartment. Yeah, I'm starting an apartment I, I know, building that you pay for an and apartment. And you're not starting with. it, and it's not even a thought. No, I'm not idea, starting. So I'm saying really my no idea. To, to parse I know, it. man. I know you're trying to clarify, but I'm just saying it can't. It's not a cult. It, it's an apartment building. I think you I had say- something. I think I had something different in my head because we had talked about before <laughs> actually starting a community of people where you coach them on jobs, you coach them with resume, you have counselors on, and it's basically you pay to live in a healthy environment to get your feet on the ground outside of your parents. What I'm saying is something right. that involved. I'm thinking of something way more involved than you are. It would be hard to start without some without parents being like, "Well, who are you? Why would we pay you and your little team money for doing this stuff with our kids?" We're thinking about two different things. 
Thanks so for I, clarifying. I apologize. Yeah. So be more careful, Toby, next time you spout out Joey, some idea. Joey is trying to start a cult, and he didn't want me to hone in on his uh, I've got projection. I've got, his land. I've got eight <laughs> young teenagers living with me and Priscilla, but they're just friends right now. But not all of them are estranged from their parents. Well, let me paint a little bit different picture of Toby in college, if it'll make more sense. Now, I did go to the same college as Toby. I did get a music major, but that was completely useless. Like it wouldn't have, nothing would have been different if I didn't do that, or if I'd have done education. It doesn't matter at all. I mean, you didn't benefit from that. I may be exaggerating, I guess, but I mean, that was just what I was doing. But in college, all I did was not go to class, not pay attention, (laughs) not do anything. And and Toby did the same. He did no work. He did not care about school. And then Toby and I spent all our time writing and arranging emo songs, trying to figure out how to make a recorder work all day, every day. We did not give a shit about school. Right. And so that is how Toby learned. Toby had all this time to sit there and write songs and fight with right. me about it and figure out where drums are and co- how are we going to hustle to get $75 so we can buy a new mixer. That's all we did. That's what we did. We did that for years. Now 20 in a row of years of that. Right. This right. college part was neither here nor there is what I'm saying. And it's just – so it's not the the learning in the classroom is very – very right. low, but it gave us the chance to incubate. And it was like, oh, my parents will pay for college or I have this or that so I can sit here and have free time to, you know, passionately pursue the thing that yeah. I have extreme motivation for. Yeah, oh, shit, I got sense. class, though, first. Crap. Right. Let's get that out of the way. Yeah, the I, only, I, almost, only- I almost think that it's just like, when you're just uh, when you're 18, 19, 20 years old, you almost always never know what you want to do with the rest of your life. So everybody really should get out of high school and just work a regular job and save money to maybe go to school. And I think colleges should make every class get rid of attendance completely because then you would actually be able to see which classes people really do go to and want to go to, and those are the ones you should offer. Because most of the stuff you don't use because nobody's telling you how to use it or why to use it. You know what I mean? Like you don't you don't think about a lot of a lot of math and then a lot of French lit and stuff like that in the moment. And so then it makes it really hard to to understand that. Now, later in life, those things actually sometimes do come back and they are needed and then you actually learn them. That's yeah. when you actually do need. When you when, yeah. when geometry sometimes comes in handy for me these days every once in a while. And so I mean it just like that that's what I'm saying. It, and when I need that information, I can go to a teacher that's called the internet and it's better than any almost any teacher I ever had. Well, surely you hadn't used any geometry that you couldn't have learned in elementary school. Yes, exactly. Though, but exactly. not much less. Yeah, college I level. think I think right. college. I think college should only be pursued it, because I do think there are those rare occasions when a kid graduates from high school and they've had a dream for six years and that's the the course. Like, oh, for I sure. Could, I could I could see William establishing fairly soon yeah. that he wants to be an engineer, and I could see him being obsessed. Got to go to for the next. For that. You know, if I, yeah, go yeah. to Clemson. That, right. That's that's, that's the, what you want to do. Two reasons that's to go to college. Route. One is a very technical career-oriented right. thing, nursing, engineering, 100%. Right. If that's what you want to do, college is the only good way to do it. Right. Um, in the classical, even though computer engineering, you don't. Even but check this out. I went, to college, and, I went to college as a pre-major, did not know. My brother went for economics and art history. was a double major, does nothing with a double major from Furman University, in which he applied late, so he didn't get scholarship. He was valedictorian of his classes. My parents paid Four years at Furman, Mm-mm. and he's not using one bit of that education. Right. And the other and reason I'm not is a teacher anymore. The main thing that colleges exist for is to uh, to show 
future employees, and I'm, this is true if you if you really look at it, I'm not making a joke. It is to show future employers that you are compliant and will go through hard work to do the right thing, to get the right piece of paper, to sh- demonstrate that you're that type of person that will stay yeah. there and do the work required of you. It's not the knowledge that you gain so much during the process. Right. It's to prove right. that you are the, the type of person that will can get there, and then you have the certification. Now, as far as the learning goes, if and that costs, and you pay all that money to get the credentials. So it's a credentialing system. Sure. If you if you just want the knowledge, you can go to any college course and take it all you want. You can go. You can literally go it, to Stanford and go to all the lectures and get all the learning, and the teachers will let you. I met a teacher at UW the other day, um, who's an oceanographer, oceanography teacher, because she teach. She's like at the playground with her kid goes to my kid's school, and she's a professor of oceanography. I said, if I came on UW campus and wanted to sit in every lecture of yours to learn. Is that okay? She said, absolutely. Oh my God. So, <laughs> and, you know, so if you want to learn, you can, and not to mention you could do it online. Whatever. That can't so be that, ma- But that's not that, the point of college. Hey, could you, could you be a qualified doctor without getting a degree? Is, is that like, can you, well, can you go? No. Can, I mean, you, you would can't never get the experience. Be, yeah, yeah, I mean, so that yeah, would be I mean, I, question. I mean, yeah, of you course. You couldn't but practice I'm medicine, that, but you could help somebody at the I'm, beach I'm, that's drowning or Yeah, or I'm, I'm in awe noise. of that. Sure. That's so crazy. So you can get the knowledge of, of what it takes. It's not about knowledge have. acquisition mainly. College is God, not about that It's a degree. Mainly. So you can say, hey, here. Yeah, right, yeah right. like for, for example. And it's not worth nothing. And some stuff you do in some technical trainings, of course, you, you get knowledge. Well, my seminary degree is worth absolutely nothing. It's not accredited in America. I got it overseas in India. But I can tell you because I did it, it kicked my ass. It was totally legit. I had to read like 400 books and write 400 papers, mm-hmm. but I only did it for the learning. And and now I look back and it's just like, I'm kind of glad I really know evangelical fundamentalist yeah. sort of approach to, to stuff. But yeah, it does mean no good. I can't show that to any church and say, hey, can I? They're like, what is that? India? Yep. I'm not <laughs> purely anti college, and I'm glad I went. I'm just saying that it's, it's without a doubt, it, there's many, many, many less people should be going than, than yeah. do, but many people should. So it's not, I'm not anti college exactly. But okay, I got to tell you guys about a cool sponsor. Let me do that real quick. All right. So before we go any further, I'm going to tell you guys about Pro Flowers. Now, it's a good time to start talking about it because y'all know Mother's Day is coming up soon. And just think about it. Where would you be without your mom? I'm trying to think about that with my kids. If not for their mom, how would my kids be different? Well, well, they'd be dead is probably how they'd be different. So Mom's coming clutch, and I think flowers are <laughs> maybe the least we could do. So, and I know that my wife is delighted when she when we get her flowers, or I get her flowers from the kids, and and all that kind of stuff. But I mean, look at it. you got a mother-in-laws, you got sisters, you got aunts, you, and it's not just women. Men love flowers too. It's flowers are a good thing. To, in fact, if you're a, a bachelor, get some flowers for yourself and put them in your house. It'll make you look better, and you'll you'll like it. So, flowers are for everybody. I believe God created for everybody. I mean, right? And it ain't just a woman thing. Anyway, now here's what's good about Pro Flowers is they let you choose from a variety of bouquets. They've got unique vases, and you don't have to get some grandma vase. You can get something kind of cool to look good at your supper table. And then you just pick the delivery date that you want them to land there. You can do this way in advance. That's really good. They're carefully packaged. They arrive. They look great. They last a long time. 
time and it's express delivery means the flowers stay fresh. So it's not even just when you get them, it's how long they've been cut. And so you're in good shape with these pro flowers. So right now you can get one dozen assorted roses for $19.99. You can get double the roses and get a premium value vase for just $9.99 more. So visit proflowers.com, click on the microphone in the upper right corner and enter our code bad christian that's proflowers.com click on the microphone the code is bad christian mother's day is may 12th so don't wait order like a pro and get this amazing rose deal and thank all the moms in your life okay so we're gonna have darren patrick on this is an interview that joey did and yeah. the ter- the whole territory there is uh like I, I don't know if he had a scandal or exactly how you want to set that up but i would just say that i, I guess he had an issue before if you never heard of him and is in the kind of territory of Driscoll and bullying is the topic Joey is that kind of how that goes yeah the the main thing of his uh fall of power make it sound dramatic now the mm-hmm. two main things was basically abuse of power and basically entitlement with the people that worked at his church you know wanting pe- having way high expectations of people but n- not being around and then getting frustrated with people mm-hmm. and but i think what brought it over the edge was definitely um emotional affair and i think that's where he left it i mean it was definitely an inappropriate relationship and he got busted it wasn't like he said hey i'm doing something wrong he actually got caught um, yeah so, so he's, was, it, there's a lot of that we've been hearing lately and you know, again, I've been clued into it because of Mars Hill, but it's the bullying thing. And that one, it really does confuse me because, you know, I'm sensitive to words meaning changing over time. I mean, that happens regardless, but bullying's one of those, right? Isn't bullying a much different word than it used to be when we were a kid? Yeah, I, I think so. Like, explain how, because I think most people would think how you're thinking right now, at least adults. It seems like adults have to know that bullying to be bullying is intentional. Like it, I don't it, know. I mean, I think bully, I, I believe that bullying now, and maybe for good cause, but bullying now is almost like uh, antagonistic, or your your entire life more. Like it used to be, yeah, had a bully in, in third grade, moved on. Now bullying is like it maybe affects you mentally, or you have it for the rest of your life, and now it it makes you hyper aware of any uh, possible. Uh, bully potential in any person well, right. I mean, let me, i'm saying let me the, threshold for the, word, the threshold for what counts as bullying has very much drastically changed so people say oh online bullying it's like maybe somebody made fun of you once oh bullying teen suicide right. like you know like the threshold right. now is like normal behaviors of like oh you razzing somebody yeah. sometimes is like i left bullying. school i left but, school crying one day because i was being bullied in middle school and the bully was telling a bunch of people, and I eventually got surrounded by like 30 people making fun of me. That's bullying. Bullying. Someone leaning over and saying, hey, shithead, where'd you get those dumbass shoes? That's just someone being mm-hmm. funny and like picking at you. But yeah. I, I think bullying, it's the intent of trying to make someone's life miserable with no mercy just for the hell of it. Like, yeah, and that's then a what lot I of people think of when I think of stuff. bullying. Yeah, the other people confuse stuff even in more terms where, like, for instance, people say that Toby's a bully sometime, and Toby certainly has bully-like Who? Tell behaviors. me who their name is, and I'll fuck them up. <laughs> but those are qualities that I like about Toby, largely. I mean, I, to me, it's like, a, a, it's, I would say, like a big brother mentality. It's, I mean, that's in the territory of bullying, but it's also in the territory of within trust and with family. And sometimes that's, you push people, and you push people harder, and you... You know, and then sometimes that gets labeled bullying. So let me go on a I, limb with Toby here. The whole thing is kind here. of confusing to me. Let me let me go on a limb with Toby. I say that 
uh, the vast majority of time that Toby is doing what people see as bullying, it's not bullying because in his heart of hearts, he's doing it for a reason. However, uh, <laughs> it looks exactly like bullying. So you can't, if someone, <laughs> if, if someone doesn't know Toby's intentions and doesn't know him as well as like me, Matt and Reva know Toby, then they have no other way of taking it. Now I will say Toby does bully on occasions and he says he is like the time in Australia where he says, okay, I'm gonna fucking hammer you right now, blah, blah, blah. And just dove it like, now, again, what was he motivated by? I think he had a deeper motivation that was positive and constructive, but he's basically saying, I'm bullying for a purpose. But no, yeah, well, no, Toby is not a bully. Mm -hmm. No. That's my Because take. he doesn't want mean to be. Because, because it's. <laughs> I told because him I was going to beat him up if he didn't say that. My definition of bullying is trying to make someone's life miserable for the hell of it. For Toby, okay. it's never I'm for the hell have of to it. I'm going to disagree as we approach this interview, though, because what the thing that may be important that does really matter, however, is this is the tricky territory of modern day, but it's power dynamics when somebody's in a position of power and they use strong leadership, for instance, the way Driscoll did. So I would like Toby to, to respond to that in the sense that Toby's identified as being a bully in some situations. Yeah. But on the other hand, he saw the style, the heavy-handed leadership. It's an abuse of power to be able to, you know, from a high position, like pastor over a big thing or organization, the way you behave with people in order to get them to comply that's not trying to make somebody's life miserable. That's trying to seek compliance for those below you in an organizational structure of power, which I think also is pretty close to the territory of bullying. What do you think, Toby? I don't even know what we're talking about here. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, I, Matt, what I, you're I, saying is worse. Like I'm saying that it, bullying can't be neutral. Or well, it can't be with evil intent. You're talking evil intent shit. There, no, man. I'm not talking about evil intent. I want my organizations I, to run right, so I'm going to demand this of these people. It's not going to hurt them. I'm not trying to hurt them. It'll be good for them in the end. Anyway, I'm going to be hard on them and demand things of them and push them around, and I'll get my way, and it'll be good for everybody because I want good for everybody. I'd I'm, say that's the, evil intent. I'm the boss. I, I would say most of the time, I believe, for, at this point, used to, I probably would say differently and defend myself. I would say at this point in my life, most times anybody's actually used the word bully with me is probably because I really made fun of them. I went in and made fun of them and got other people laughing at them because they mm -hmm. were doing something sure, most certainly. likely that was dumb or stupid, too. That's the other thing. Like, If I'm going to mess with you, it's not just because you're just sitting there or whatever. It's because maybe you did something, and then I call it out, and then you show a little bit of defense, and then I go, well, if you're going to defend that action, then I'm going to go in on you and make fun of you. Right? <laughs> okay, you're a bully. So, Sorry. So, <laughs> yeah, and sometimes. Now, the, this, the other bullying or whatever, the big brother thing is the I – don't, I don't consider that – I don't like it when – and we've gotten to arguments about this before. I've gotten arguments with Reva. I've gotten into arguments with Matt and Joey and Devin, everybody, all my friends. There are times where I passionately argue with you because I 100% can be invested in that conversation. And I just, and it blows my mind sometimes when I think highly of somebody. Usually when, when I'm the big brother thing, it's because I do value you and think highly of you. And I think you're not telling the truth to yourself or something like that. And, and you can take it. And, and it comes across as, it, it's, it's, uh, sadly, it's just ignorance and not skill on my part. Matt does this probably very similar thing, but he's just more tactful. I am passionate, loud, and only in the moment. The next moment, I want to go have a beer with you and really start laughing, but I don't 
the biggest thing I've tried to realize, and I'm still bad at it, is some people can't just flip the switch like that. They like mm-hmm. the, the, Matt and I are such good friends because we can go off on each other, and it's part fun and part figuring stuff out, and part hey, we're gonna be fine after this. Do, we, a, do we some, have some people think? Some people might think. Some people obviously, if I go in on, can't handle it that way, and so of course that's uh, there's a lose lose because my message gets you know blurred, and also the person thinks I'm mad or I'm being a bully when I I feel like the content right. of what I'm saying is true and right. But my delivery is just in there. Yeah, but that's I, all I interpersonal to, I call, stuff. I, I have to call bullshit on that, Toby. Yeah, bully because, me. Okay, here's what happens, though, is you get 100% invested into a conversation, and you want everybody to assume that you're not angry, you're not hostile, but then when they match your aggression, and they could be in the same position saying, ooh, this is fun, they were at it, you start to say they're getting mad, and then you say, and that's when you lose your mind because you're like, I thought we were friends. Why can't we talk about this? Like, why are you losing? And I'm and there's literally been times where I've like, I'm I'm not mad. Of course you're mad. And I'm like, I'm doing exactly what you're doing. So I think sometimes you don't allow it to happen because you're sensitive of how someone else looks. But you want people to expect you. And and go ahead, you're gonna say something. Yeah, yeah, I'm a really bad person. I totally <laughs> well, agree anyway, with you. that's what I'm saying is Toby's is very horizontal. I mean, it's just peer to peer, social, whatever. I'm talking, and I don't think right. he qualifies as the bully in the super bad way. And he said he crosses the line on that. And okay, that's all good. How about the top down abuse of power type? Is that not is that not in the category of bullying when you have power and then you're able to push people around to get your accomplish your desires and achieve compliance through bullying? That's a very different meaning of the same word. Yeah, I don't know if that would. I don't know if that would. I don't know the definition of bullying, so I don't know if that would qualify as that. Could be manipulation of power, abuse of power. Mm -hmm. I don't know if bullying is the same thing. I think bullying may be something different, but I'm not a bully expert. Yeah, I I, I, I tend to. I I do think it's attached to that, man. I I kind of agree with you. I think that's what even. I think that's what a lot of people might would have even said at Darren Patrick during that time or Mark Driscoll that Mm -hmm. he was because of his position, was using some of that plus his forceful attitude to bully people into getting what he wanted for the church. Could you give and, us a, a, some any snapshot of what that actually looks like in practicality from your view, though? Like, Because obviously we understand what you're talking about, arguing with somebody, mean, making fun, escalating. You mean in a church content, like, yep. a, like yep. a pastor? Yes. Well, so we, I don't I, know I mean, Darren Patrick's story and yeah. all that. I'll let him well, do that. I'll but, tell you Mark Driscoll's story. I mean, okay. there was, uh, I mean uh, from stories that I've heard, so this isn't, uh, I mean, it's been corroborated, I guess, by a few different people, but I... I mean, this is what this is hearsay. It's, it's not. Uh, what do they call it when you don't have the actual audio fact? Full of shit. The, it, yeah, this I could be full of shit right now. <laughs> what I'm saying. What I'm saying. Alleged, but this is just saying a, like this off is the, the allegedly, allegedly. Allegedly, that's the word I was looking for. Allegedly, there were tons of times where like pastors would get together in groups, and Mark Driscoll would just go off on somebody brutally in front of the entire group, cussing, yelling at them, uh, belittling them for a decision they made or the way they had handled a certain service or a situation or whatever. And he would embarrass everybody, and nobody got the guys back, and almost everybody would be a little intimidated to try and stand up for that person, yeah, even like though maybe it wasn't that big of, of a deal. Yeah. And 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 I mean, I'll give you uh, one example happened with me where I tried to confront Mark Driscoll and. It never ended up happening. I don't know why, but I chose certain songs to play on a Sunday. He preached at our church, and the song I chose, he got super pissed off at and was mad, and, and our campus pastor was like, hey, man, he's really upset, uh, this, this, and I said, well, let me talk to him. I said, you know, let, let me talk to him, and then he went to his office, and we never talked to each other, and then, the, you know, there was, a, there was even like after that, 
there was like rumors going around that I had done bad or something like this. And I was like, who the fuck are these people? That reeks. To my face. That, oh my God. But, but that's, that's just... what I'm saying. Because he set that up, it it leads to all that stuff. And then, Could I you mean, feel so, the person it, in between right. you and him that was like really worried about pleasing him and not getting your back? Could you feel right. that feeling? Right. And, and yeah. because they felt fear too of like, well, I got to go along with this. And, and Mark Driscoll's so strong and it, he's probably right. You know, and, and so here's the the bigger issue there. Maybe I did choose the wrong song. I'll never know because that power and that little bit of hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk to the head pastor and tell him that was a dumb decision. And such so a my disrespect pastor, to you. But That's that was so like in the and that you. also was was in the middle of the service, but between the right. beginning music and the end music, and they had to make changes and cut the band right. and like and, that's such and the that's, whole band wasn't allowed to come back after right. the service because of what they did on the front half of the service. Like the power <laughs> of someone who who gets his opinion his anger across to someone without having to face them is just demeaning yeah. them as a person. Well, uh, well they wouldn't, here's the thing. He, he couldn't talk to but, you, but he would belittle you by your song choice to someone else. Well, I else. think the thing is, too, it, what I'm saying here is, what if he was even right? He used that power. It didn't matter then about being right or wrong or an, uh, a moment. Like, I, I don't even care if anybody loses their temper sometimes. or You know what I mean? Like, maybe, I mean, he's preaching a really serious message, and, and maybe I chose a too upbeat a song or let the band that played choose too upbeat of a song. And so uh, maybe, but there was no growth there. So sometimes bullying probably is, uh, it's my way or the highway. And then when that power dynamic, yeah, then it gets really tough. And well, I don't you want, know, I mean, I'm, let me yeah. tell you why that happened from my view more than maybe you understand is from what I, the way I read that story is Mark was coming to preach at your campus and you yep. are the hotshot guy in Emory that's the worship leader, which he's all about that type of thing. Yeah, he was, And yeah. you empowered some other people that were not as good as you. Right. And so now he's coming to the church and I think Mark was offended that Toby the, yes. with power and status wasn't the one leading that day where Toby was just fostering right. the other bands and the musicians and giving them right. the opportunity and coaching them up. And and Mark was up, offended and upset that they would put the sub, yeah. not the best of the best when he showed up. That was right. really the tone of it. I think there was something there. And, and so, I mean, and, and like I said, I mean, still, that's what's so crazy is part of that though, whatever that aura and ideas and thoughts and power dynamic he had, was very beneficial to me as a dude and as a Christian and all this. Yeah. That's what's crazy. It's a weird line. And so I don't know how, like, there should have been some other people that were forceful in the church that pushed back and were able to push back. But Driscoll just got rid of those people. You know, he, he must have, I don't even know if he was aware of, but there, there were people that could speak <laughs> into Mark's ear or his life. He, but once, but once it started getting more power and more, you know, direct, this is what I'm going to do. I'm called by God to do this, this, this. Then he he stopped listening and just got rid of those people. I mean, and those to, people to, are gone. Yeah, and, and and to me, I'll never forget when Matt said this, and I've told so many people this because they asked me. I mean, don't you, don't two of your best friends know a lot about Marshall and all that stuff? And I, we'll get into a conversation. And one thing I always tell them, I was like, yeah, one of my best friends, Matt like grew up at Marcel. What I mean by that is like college into his adulthood was there, served there, counseled there, learned there, led teams there, did. And he told me one time, he said, dude, out of the hundred, like if, let's just say a hundred men and women that I love, respect, and feel like I can follow, 99 of them are gone. And the only one there is Mark Driscoll. What am I supposed to do with that information? And for anybody to say, okay, but we're going to listen to Mark Driscoll, that's just very irresponsible uh, not not a good assessment at all. And well, I think the other thing too is it really the the person that lost the most in all of this is Mark Driscoll right. because that, like, just like me, I could have maybe really benefited from his uh, advice, 
his help. Hey, listen, this, 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 and this. And here's why I'm mad. Here's where, you know, if he could have, hey, I'm just mad because maybe this. So here's where, if we just had a real conversation, but he didn't get that. So this Darren Patrick interview is kind of interesting to me in the sense of there is, uh, we get to hear a little bit about a redemption story. Mark Driscoll, I don't know any redemption story. There are a lot of pastors. I don't hear any of the redemption story. Now, with that being said, I still don't know. I mean, I, don't, I mean, you know me. Why Darren Patrick is some pastor in the world, and I'm supposed to believe him because he says he's on yeah. a redemption story. That's the tough part as well. Like yeah. I don't know. I, I'm, well, I'm I, still I torn think, on I, how do you become a pastor again so quickly, or should you be as a pastor like a one time gig? You, you you do really great work, and when you fuck it up, you're done. Yeah, yeah and the made, point the point know. here isn't to continually harp on this or that or talk about Mark right. or Marzilla or whatever, but I am telling you, and you will keep hearing it and you will keep seeing it more, abuse of power scandals are the are they're like they're they're going to continue to emerge because churches are a very, very easy place for that type of stuff to happen and it's usually quiet and it's less salacious than, you know, meth and gay prostitutes, you know, so those were the previous scandals that would knock out pastors, but these ones with abuse of power, you are going to, I just think it's important to just understand the terrain and notice it in your own congregations and small groups, because it's a little bit of a group thinky thing, there's a little bit of a, these dynamics are very, very common, and you would see them to maybe lesser and more extents through many, many congregations or small organizations, and that's why we talk about it a lot. Yeah, and anyway. well, what I, I, what real quick, what I want to say is, no one, including Matt and Toby, ha- that you don't have any reason to trust Darren Patrick. I will say, having spent a lot of time with the guy, I do think he's he's not even on a perfect path right now, so to speak. But I think that he is legit trying to do the right thing, and and I'm pretty sure it will come off come across in this interview. But I just like to present it. What's as your relationship is. with him? Uh, I've just spent a lot of time. Had a good how do you many, know? I mean, just have a good tell many beers. How you know right, him? So, so basically, well, it'll come out in the interview. Pastor Greg, okay. our senior pastor, has basically they've been kind of joined at the hip uh, for years now for Darren to, you know, get better. I mean, he was suicidal. Had you know, pretty much had a a, a gun out at, uh, ready to blow his brains out. So it was just in a very low spot. Needed a, a father type figure. So Greg Strat's been that person. Along the way, he's been working part-time, uh, teaching pastors, teaching skills, and uh, and he will occasionally, I, I think he pretty much is on the schedule teaching once a month at Seacoast. So yeah, he's part-time at Seacoast, and Pastor Greg is a uh, spiritual dad. And they have a podcast that actually, if you're in the church ministry world and you like that sort of thing, it's uh, it's called The Pastor's Collective. He talks about that too. I just think Pastor Greg right. is brilliant, brilliant behind the mic. Cool. No, both okay. these guys are. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what I'm saying. The only reason I would trust them is because of the endorsement of other people. But right. still, it's just tough when in the category of pastors, there's a lot of bad news going on yeah. in there. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. All right, let's get All to right. the interview. Let's get to it. All right. Men don't like talking about premature ejaculation. I know I sure don't, but it's normal. Uh, in fact, up to 39% of men experience it. Is, and is your fun ending too quickly? Seriously, I'm really glad that we're working with hymns because premature premature ejaculation can make you feel uh, just down on yourself. Men don't feel as confident in their sexuality sometimes. And as you know, a lot of guys just don't talk to their doctors, their spouses, boyfriends, girlfriends, anything. They just don't do it. So... 
Are you worried about your timing? Well, it's time you stopped worrying and started lasting longer. Visit 4 to get convenient, affordable treatment for your early arrivals. They connect you to a doctor online who can evaluate you and help identify the right treatment for you. Best yet, it can be delivered right to your door in discreet packaging. This means no more awkward in-person doctor's appointments. So if you want your slow roll to last a little bit longer, go to 4 uh, our listeners get a special offer. You can get started for just 10 bucks. Try it out for 10 bucks. Just go to four hymns.com slash BC pod, uh, to get started. That's F O R H I M S.com slash BC pod. See website for full details and safety information. Awesome, man. You said you're enjoying this conference. Hey, yeah, yeah. a little more this year. Yeah. And you missed, you missed Joel Osteen. I'm telling you that dude was so endearing to me. Like, I can't wait to hear it. I had I had like a couple of reform guys. Yeah. One in particular. Oh, yeah. Tell me about that guy. What did he say? He said he saw him. He as said, a, he said, I've always seen Joe Osteen as a target. Yeah. Today I saw him as a man. That's so cool. I mean, it's, it, when you watch a guy talk about his dad and he has to cover up his face for a whole minute because he's sobbing, uh, you, what do you say? That guy's an asshole right there. He just wants people's money. Like, you're just like, oh, man. <laughs> it just, you know, it's super endearing. I came in for the end when he was praying. Yeah. And I was like, can I give to your television minister? Yeah. I mean, I was like, this is unbelievable. I get it. I he get- didn't he didn't want his job. He turned down a chance to have 500 churches and theaters all over America. Basically, someone just said, we'll hand you this. He turned it down and didn't want it. And uh, on top, he's just sure of who he is. He says, I think God wants me to be super positive. <clears throat> well, okay, who's going to, I mean, maybe he's right, maybe he's wrong. Who's going to argue, though, God didn't tell you that? You know, I mean, it's just like, he's sure of who he is. I mean, it's pretty impressive, pretty impressive. So uh, I got it. I'm all about relationships, so I got to um, ask you this. I remember when I first met you, was that one of our, and we have some of our Seacoast campus pastors hanging out with us right now, too. Uh, but we do these little Monday night get-togethers, dinner and stuff, and uh, I think I think within 15 minutes of knowing you, I let you hear uh, an old um, thing that we did with Bad Christian where Toby pretended like he was in a conversation with Mark Driscoll, and it was actually Mark Driscoll <laughs> losing his How mind in a sermon. You? Yeah. And Toby pretends like he's sitting in a restaurant, and he's like, oh, hey, Mark. How dare you? It's like, I'm sorry. Was I supposed to save your seat or get a coffee? Or... And at the time, I think you were like, Toby's nailing Driscoll. I was like, no, that is Driscoll. <laughs> but uh, at the time, did you know anything about Bad Christian? Because I think Greg introduced you to me and said he does a podcast, Bad Christian. Had you heard about it? I and think then... Josh actually told me. Okay. And yeah, but I had no, I hadn't listened or anything yeah. like that but yeah, yeah I, i'd heard just and then when you listen be honest like were you like what in the world you know what it reminded me of honestly joey was the early days of acts 29 yeah <laughs> it was Which you and matt chandler started no or was it you no driscoll, driscoll started okay. and then i think we were the sixth church gotcha in acts 29 and then very quickly uh, so we're Acts 29 part two is what you're saying. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, but I became the Acts vice 29 president, podcast then. but it was like, but it was like, we were pointing out the, um, faulty assumptions of evangelicalism right. and trying to say the church can be better. We need to listen to the culture better. We need to have churches that speak to culture. And we're frankly kind of pissed off at how the church has made Jesus look silly. Yeah. That was Acts 29. And when I heard it, when I when I first started listening, I'm like, 
This feels yeah. like home. Yeah, totally. So f- to give our listeners some context, we've been planning this interview. Now and for we cussed a, a lot. Years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but not behind the microphone. Well, Driscoll did. Or did, yeah. did you cuss well, in your I, sermons? I, I, I mean, you a cussing a few pastor, words. I was a cussing yeah. pastor. Yeah. So we have been, you and I have been talking about doing this for a couple of years. I've been talking to Matt and Toby. They're totally down. And, and I thought it was funny, too. We're in the car on the way to the hotel from the conference. And, uh, I, I, you know, I just kind of wanted to get permission from you. Like, I wanted to make sure I was like, dude, you know me. We're, we're kind of friends. Can I just, and you interrupted me. You're like, dude, what, what you said, destroy me or like, not something. Crush I, me. Yeah, crush. I was like, I don't want to crush you. But you actually lamented a little bit because, you know, Matt and Toby would kind of bring that. So, yes. I mean, we're entering a conversation where you are, you don't have anything to hide. You know, uh, it, it really sounds that way. And so I, I'll actually try to challenge you a little bit more yeah. than, than what I normally do. And I, I, I thank you for giving us that open door. So, I mean, take us, uh, you know, take us to the very beginning of you starting at church. Yeah. How quickly did it become successful? But obviously we need snapshots because yep. we want to get into some yeah. some meat pretty quickly. So we moved to St. Louis in 2001, parachute drop, meaning you don't know anybody. Yeah. You're there. You're starting a church. We grew up just south on the Illinois side, so it was a big city that we went to. Um, started the church with my wife and my one-year-old daughter. Yeah. Then we began to gather people. It took us about a year to get 35 people. We launched the church in September of 2002 with 35 and that, people. At that point in time, there was no planting network of any kind, was well, there? Well, Acts 29 just started. Okay. ARC had just began to start as okay. well. Um <clears throat> it was were you the, in that? Were you in the Acts 29 doing no, that? No, we okay. started, um, and, well, actually, no, we were actually in, we we just came in Acts 29 yeah. right before we launched. They accepted us. Yeah. And uh, we were the sixth church in Acts 29. And uh, we launched the church. Uh, after a year, we had 100 people. Yeah. And then we got a building, uh, The church, an older church had given us a building, or not a given, let us use a building. Second year, we grew to 300 and then we doubled every year for several years. Yeah. So the church grew to thousands, six locations. We were able to plant eight churches autonomously out of our church. And um, just amazing stuff happened. You yeah. know, um, I, you know, I wrote a bunch of books and and just, you know, it, it was a church planter's wet dream. It's like, it's the night, it's the coolest <laughs> thing that ever happens. Like, man, you did it. Yeah. You, Re, you know, we wanted to be a church that planted other churches, yeah. that, and and we we did it. Yeah, how how much of it was for you personally, man? This is so awesome to be a part of God's work, and then how much of it was ego? Like I I did this. You know, in the early days, it was I was in awe. Yeah, I couldn't believe it. Yeah, I'm a rural kid with a, a you know come from an abused home, and I'm I'm I get to do this. Are you are you kidding me? Right. Like, but something changed in me, um, and I would say about 2010. I wrote a book, and it did really well. It's called Church Planter, and it 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 was my first book, and it it just it just went really well. It sold yeah. really well, and then you start getting invited to did conferences. Did you manipulate the system like your uh, buddy did? No, Sorry, I didn't. Go ahead, go ahead, no, go ahead, I did go not go buy. No, I didn't no, know. No, about, I didn't know about that thing. If I'd have known, I would have done it <laughs> in a heartbeat. But no, I didn't know about. But but you start getting invited to speak to all these conferences. Yeah. So you know that's a that's a lot oh, yeah. to deal with when you're thirty something, right? right? And so um, I think that's where my, and then I just got exhausted. Real, real quick story. I got invited to speak one time. Kid sent me $1,000 immediately. And the very next day said, I need that $1,000 back. So I at least got paid. I just had to give them back and I never got you to speak. You hadn't spoken yet? Nope. He wow. just changed his mind. Wow. Yeah. Go ahead, man. Sorry. Why'd you send that back? <laughs> so anyway, you know, 
I think early days it was it was pure, and then over time, you know, I, it, people have named it the evangelical industrial complex. Yeah. It kind of changes you a little bit. It doesn't change you. It exposes you. Yeah. And so it exposed me. Yeah, totally, totally. So what was the year when things – well, well let, let me ask this. So he, I, I'll be honest with you. This, this is so – this is encouraging for me because I'm telling you, we have uh, – we've interviewed a uh, pastor of a mega church and didn't even air the thing because it is so political, so surfacy, so you aren't getting here. So I know exactly how to answer your question without getting me in trouble but pleasing everybody, and it's just – it's ridiculous. It's yeah. like it's it's like no material at all. And I'm like, wait, you 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 preach and teach authenticity and openness and transparent, and yet you just gave us a bunch of uh, political debate answers when we're just trying to have a real conference. So we've given up on it, honestly. Like I'm I'm actually uh, there was a part of me that was thinking, you know, would Matt and Toby at the last minute be like, nah, nah, nah. so this is actually really encouraging that you're willing to really put yourself out there, and I think hopefully even. Um, you know, a good message, quote unquote, to our listeners that, you know, sometimes things can be done right. I don't think that you've done everything right. No. I, I would doubt that because I don't Absolutely think any not. of us can do that. But tell us like, uh, I mean, were you kind of like, so see if I'm summing it up right. Basically, you were unapproachable, um, entitled when people came to you, for instance, sometimes you weren't even there and yet you wanted things to a tight ship, but you're not there sort of thing. And then there was at some point a girl involved and all of that. But like when when you think about what people said about you and how you were operating, had you been operating that way since day one? Like, were you always this kind of, you know, and I'm I'm, I'm speculating on the, yeah. I don't know how you would describe it, but were you always this militant? You guys do this stuff. And no, uh, like, it, you know, I really wasn't. I. I think that's what I've said. There was a change that happened. And I don't think it was that I felt like a big shot and everybody's got to do what I got to do. It's that I got spread too thin Yeah, because I was doing too much. Yeah, And so when you're spread too thin, you you start, you know, basically you get, you get shallow with the relationships you had. Right. That's that's really what I look back. I mean, I've had literally 200 hours of counseling. Like right. I'm not exaggerating. Right. And, you know, I'm... I, I'm not an abusive leader as much as I am a abdicating leader. Right. And um, I can certainly be abusive. I can certainly repeat what happened to me in my family system. And I'm not blaming my dad at right. all for that. But I mean, I I know I can do that. But my deal was, hey, we're doing all this stuff. And so I'll just give you a little bit of me, not right. enough of me, um, because that's what my dad did. Right. You know, right. And that's what I what was modeled for me. It's like, get it done, figure it out, jump in the deep end, right. learn how to swim, and I think that was what the deal was for me more than anything. Yeah. I was spread way too thin. So I, I wrote this book. Well, let me let me say something about that too, real quick, just because because you asked me and I'm gonna so I'm gonna yeah. go all out here. That can sound to some people like, oh, An excuse. Yeah. So you were you were doing the Lord's work too hard. Oh, okay. Yeah, poor so, guy. so sorry that you poor had an inappropriate pastor. inappropriate relationship with a female because you were working too hard. Yeah, you know, that's a lot of people's response to that. Yeah. So I don't think that's what you're saying, but I mean Yeah. No, I'm just saying that. What you say? What were the roots? Yeah. So the roots for me were uh, a mile wide and an inch deep yeah. relationally. Yeah. So you start leading, sense. and you start, you know. So we got the network that's growing, right. Acts twenty nine. We got the church that's growing. We got my platform that's growing. You got my family that's growing. Right. So what do you attend to? Right. And so I heard one pa one pastor say at a conference, I never forgot. He said, "There's only one person um, in your life with a foot on the gas. Yeah. And that's you. Yeah. So my deal was, I didn't want to stop. 
because I had this need to achieve. Because yeah. my deal was, if I achieve, then you love me. Right. Right. Gotcha. So gotcha. it's it's not about Jesus anymore. Right. It's about Darren. So, so I'll say to our listeners, everything you're saying, you still have to own. Like you were working too hard, spreading yourself too thin. Well, that's on you. That's exactly right. right. It's me. Right. And so can't blame the elders, right. can't blame the church, can't blame the evangelical industrial complex. I yeah. did it all. It's all on me. But, you know, when you're thin like that, you, you lose self-awareness. Yeah. You don't realize how you're coming off to people. So I'm thinking, hey, I'm loving people. Um, I'm, 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 look at all the good I'm doing. Right. And meanwhile, people are going, dude, you, 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 you told me to do a job that you didn't equip me to do. Yeah. Like you, you said you'd show up in the meeting right. and you didn't show up. Right. Like you said you were going to focus here and then you're, you know, doing TV things for your book. Yeah. Like, so I just got distracted, man. Yeah. And I got, and I got thin relationally and yeah. I didn't have, I think the biggest thing for me is I stopped having friends before, you know, um, Driscoll and Matt Chandler and, and Matt Carter and some of these pastors, we would go to these conferences and speak together and we would hang out. Yeah. Well, then as everybody's platforms uh, grew, you fly in that. and fly out. Yeah. You're not connected anymore. Yeah. And I lost my friendships because of our church grew so fast. You have different tiers of leadership. So yeah. I thought, I tell my wife sometimes, these are your friends now because yeah. this is the tier of leadership that we're going to relate to. And then you have to change it because yeah. you had a campus or... So we were just, we, we didn't have friends. I forgot how to be a friend. I didn't have anybody speaking into my life. So I was super defensive when my elders would rightfully so say, dude, what are you doing? Yeah. Like you, you you're, you're angry. You're short in the meeting. You're distracted. Um, you, you're not focused. And I would just be like, man, look at all the good I'm doing. Yeah. So I would justify yeah. all the stuff I was doing, um, you know, over against my poor and sinful behavior. Yeah. Is it safe to say, I mean, could could could, could I say this, that in, in your situation, mega church culture was your foe? I mean, it sounds like everything you're saying, it sounds like that culture of, you know, having to perform, make everybody happy, uh, go get them sort of thing. I mean, you want to do the stuff that you think God's asking, but all of that together was the culture you were in and that eventually. Yeah, but was. see, here's the deal. I created that. Yeah. That wasn't imposed on me. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I did that. I, I said, we'll do another campus. I said, we'll we'll take this next opportunity. Right. And I'm not trying to let you off the hook, but that is the culture. That's that's what we're being taught. Yeah. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Yeah. There's souls at stake. And it's like, well, yeah, but what about Darren Patrick's yeah. here? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, what right. about the health of that? You know, and I thought it was so interesting, too, because you you and I had talked about a lot of this. And you said that when you finally, which. Uh, won't mention any names, but there's a lot of people that are back in ministry now and have never done what uh, what I'm about to say that Darren did. I mean, you went back to all the people whose hearts that you broke, all the people who uh, you were estranged from. And after, I think you said, you know, after the first person said stuff about, you know, well, how, let, me, how, let me tell it. Yeah, yeah. It's, yep. Yeah. So, you know, l- let me go, let me, let me get to that in yep. just a second. So, one of, one of the things that happened, other than my poor leadership, my lack of personal integrity, um, you know, my elders fired me yeah, and, uh, so painful, humiliating. It was on the front page of our paper on the Sunday paper. And you're St. Louis Cardinals. I'm the St. Louis Cardinals chaplain. Yeah. I'm like, you know, you're a big deal in St. Louis. I'm a big deal in St. Louis. Yeah. St. Louis ain't a big deal, but I was a big deal in right. St. Louis. And then I was, you know, I was in the Christianity today and, um, Oh, did you, know, you even want to get up in the morning when that no, stuff No, I didn't. And I wanted to die. Uh, I mean, you and I have talked about depression yeah, and suicidal yeah, thoughts, yeah. all that. We could literally do four episodes right now yeah. on four different things for sure. No kidding. <laughs> but, you know, part of it was my poor leadership. But then also um, I got involved with a gal who was a nominal attender of our church. Yeah. 
um, a single gal uh, emotionally, yeah. and it would have been physical. It would have led to adultery if God had not intervened. Yeah, and that was what exposed me because she went to the elders and said, "Hey, this isn't good." Yeah. and they confronted me. I denied it. I lied. Yeah. And um, when you when you lied the first time, deep down inside, were you thinking, "I could, I'll probably get out of this"? Or were you thinking, "Oh yeah, I thought I would it. totally get out." Wow. Yeah. I t- yeah, you you're just in this spin world. You yeah. just think I, you know, when you so at the point at that point in time, you were so low that you would lie and make her seem foolish. Basically, why are you going to believe her? No, it wasn't that. Okay. It was just that um, I would just say, hey, you know, I I, I knew I couldn't get out of that. Right. I just thought, guys, you know how messed up, you know how hard this is. Yeah. You know, you know how much I'm sacrificing. You know how much, right. I, I didn't. I thought it would just be, hey, oh yeah, man, this is hard. Yeah, I was totally deceived about yeah. um, my relationship with the guys I should have been in a relationship with. Yeah. I, I, you know, here's the deal: when you're a pastor, you're the dad of the church. Yeah, and you can deny it and preach against it and gripe at everybody about their daddy wounds, but at the end of the day, you're the dad. And if 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 dad, if your buddy hurts you, it hurts. If your brother hurts you, it hurts a little worse. If your dad yeah. hurts you, you never forget it. Yeah. And my guy, my elders, our lead team. I did not invest in well. I did not love well. And those guys had had enough. Yeah. And, I, you know, that was it. So combination with the emotional affair, combination of the poor leadership. And they're like, dude, you got to go. And they graciously said, we want you to do restoration. Yeah. We're going to help you do that. We're this gonna is put, your elders. This is the elders. Of the, yeah. And yeah. we're going to help you. And it changed my life. And that thing you referenced, I want to give that backstory yeah. because... And I want to say no, no, a noteworthy thing is at, at the very least, give yourself credit that you had your system set up to where you could be fired. Because yeah. some people, I know for a fact that some people have preached that and then changed it years later yeah. <laughs> and changed to where they couldn't be fired. So right. you had the capacity of being fired and you were fired. I mean, that's... Yeah. That's at least you didn't change that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Good job, man. Well, yeah. I don't know if I. <laughs> hey, you did everything right in this situation. Don't ever let anybody tell you otherwise. That's right. Okay? Well, You're the hero here, that's Darren. That's right. I'm the hero. <laughs> Put an ass on my chest and give me a cape. No, but here, but but what happened was they did that. And one of the best things that happened in the first part of the process, where we were two parts, was they said, we're going to, any ex staff, ex elder, ex member yep. that would follow our protocol and engage. Um, you know, a safe person could say, hey, I want to have a, a conversation with Darren, the first person. So I think 20 people. Now, you understand, I confessed all this and did this for 55 elders as well as 125 staff or whatever it yeah. was. Um, but then people, anybody could sign up. First person said, man, I just kind of felt like you were really, I don't know, I felt like you liked me, but I don't know. I just didn't feel really connected and you were just all about ministry and second person like yeah i felt like a pawn right third person said yeah like, kind of used after that that was first day i would go to my wife i'm like these people are so sensitive I'm like well, what is wrong with so the second day the pers- first person said yeah i felt kind of used and the second person i felt like a pawn and i remember sitting there i remember right where i was sitting at this cafe and i'm like oh my god yeah it's me yeah and i mean it sounds and i just didn't see it yeah and i think that I think that's one of the a true blind spot. It, absolutely, yeah. And that doesn't—that's worse. Right. Everybody's like, "Oh, oh, you didn't see it." No, it's yeah. worse that I didn't see. That means that I had for years refused to see the truth about myself, right. uh, with a lot of people speaking it to me. Yeah, and so that utterly changed me, and I'm so grateful for yeah. it. Yeah, totally. All right, so so basically everything comes to light. 
and your elders want you to go through a restoration process, which included talking to a lot of people and everything. But you were involved in another restoration process that my uh, pastor said that I think he said something like, I wouldn't put my son through what you went yeah. through. I mean, what, what was, is that like a third party organization or are you yeah, not at liberty third, to talk about? It was or? a third party. Yeah. I mean, it was just, you know, no restoration process is perfect. Yeah. And in the, I mean, I felt like God spoke to me at the beginning and said, I'm perfecting you through an imperfect process. Yeah. So I needed to, my job was to submit to it. Yeah. And um, Pastor Greg felt like, you know, and kind of at the end that I needed more time right. to heal because right. it was a year long, 14 months long. Yeah. No ministry. We put the brakes on this episode at one point. That was part of the delay. At one point, it was yeah. just like, we're, I don't think you were allowed to at one point. Yeah. Well, and I wasn't ready. Yeah. Yeah. yeah totally. I wasn't ready. And, and what do you mean by that? Emotionally, you wouldn't have been as open. You still were hiding something. I think what I was mean, still ready? blaming. Yeah. I think, I think it's, wow. yeah, I think it takes a while for you to take responsibility. How crazy is the benefit of slowing down? Because that would not have been a good look for you to come on here and, and right. still try to blame. You know? Yeah, I don't think it's a good look for me to be on here, period. But I know what you're saying. <laughs> well, not for me either. <laughs> we all lose. And I'm on here twice a week. We so. all lose. We all lose. Okay. But yeah, I think Pastor Greg's like, you need a year where you can do some ministry. Yeah. But you don't need to lead people because right. that's where your brokenness was. Right. So you need to learn how to love again. Right. You need to learn how to serve. Right. And um, it, you know, and that was just it was life changing. Yeah. Another year. So you know, twenty whatever it is, twenty six months of that process. Yeah, totally. So which uh, so at this point in time, are, are you? Do you have complete liberty to do any ministry? Like, are you? Are you released? Like yeah, last May, at the end of last May, so almost a year now, um, yeah. as this was uh, recorded. Um, yeah, I could I could have planted a church. I could have, and I just felt like you know what? I mean, and you know, Pastor Greg. I mean, I'm like, this is my this is my spiritual dad. Right. I never had one of those. Right? Why screw that up? Right? And I want to I want to serve and help Seacoast. Right. I want to um, use my gifts. My wife and I started doing. I know Toby. I think doesn't like the enneagram, but we started doing some enneagram yeah. stuff. Um, just talking to leaders about how to pay attention to the stuff in your soul. And yeah, Matt's Enneagram number, he says, is there an I don't give a shit Enneagram number? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Matt. Sorry, Matt. Toby, I didn't mean to implicate you Yeah, in Toby that, but, doesn't like it either. They're but anyway, I, yeah, I mean, it was transformative for us. And so we started teaching. But I'm just like, I, why Why jack that up? Yeah. Like, I don't, there's no need for me. I'm discontent. Yeah. And to this day, I'm like, yeah. this is what, so I, yeah. yeah, I mean, it was a, you know, in so many ways, I feel like Pastor Greg rescued um, me, yeah, to to see what a pastor could be like, retrain me, reframe that, right? Um, modeling and obviously just his care and love. It's yeah. it's been amazing. Yeah, totally, totally. Do you think so? Having gone through that, you are now seeing a lot of your peers who are, in my opinion, well, we, we don't even need to compare. Gone through similar stuff as you, maybe a different kind, but similar. Whoa, you shouldn't be doing that. Maybe you shouldn't be pastoring. And I mean. A few weeks later, they're rallying the engine back up to get yeah. more Twitter followers and saying, I'm starting a, a second chance church sort of thing. I mean, just craziness. It's like craziness. Like, can, like, do you look at those situations and like, that's not fair? Why don't they? Or are you just like, man, they're just going to go down the same path? Like, you don't need to make any personal assessments of anybody, but like, 
from your perspective, having gone what you've gone through and seen how necessary it was and you yielded to that, I mean, what do you think about these people that are just like, I ain't, I ain't being any part of any process. Well, like I'm my I, own man. Yeah. I totally understand it Yeah, because I would have done the same thing. Yeah. Um, if, I mean, I just felt like it was one of those things when the Lord speaks to you and you're like, if you, if I, if you don't do this, right. kind of like, so I have, I totally get it. Yeah. Um, I still don't want, I, I still don't want to be accountable. I right. still don't want to listen to people tell no. me about my stuff I don't see. So I totally get it. Yeah. Uh, I long for those pastors to, to have spiritual fathers. I long for them to, um, not need yeah. to be pastors. Totally. Um, and you know, I, I long for the gift of them getting to hear, uh, stories from the people they've heard. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, sure. I, that, that would be my hope and dream for yeah. anybody that's gone through anything. And, and I'll, and the other thing is like, if you're a pastor or if you if you have if you go to a church like do this before it blows up right like you can do this right. this can be preventative it doesn't yeah, have no, to be reactive totally, totally. yeah and and a common misconception people have of a bad christian for instance is like the three of us love Perry Noble like we had him on the show and it's like oh we could hang He's out awesome with this guy. dude i mean we got off the phone with him and we were just like let's uh you know i think clemson had just lost alabama we we're like let's talk next year after we beat alabama i mean it's just like we were all buddies and everything it was like we are not anti pastors we're anti-pastors keeping things hidden, not being open, separating themselves from the people like they're lording it over. Like, like I, I totally believe, I mean, uh, it's it's almost like that, you know, with leadership, for instance. I think the Christian culture way ex- exasperates, I don't even know if I'm using the right word, but leadership is almost a little too crazy, but there is something to leadership. And I think you put in great words. I mean, if if people go to a church and they see a pastor, he is a father-like figure and you can't get away from that sort of stuff. But it's just like, we love, I mean, pastors, we don't have a problem with pastors. We have a problem with the you know, system that messes people up and someone that is, I hate saying it this way, but people should not be following certain people. They should be able to use common sense and say, wait a second, this person has not done uh, so-and-so. They haven't done A, B, and C. And and and, I, and then at the same time, we have to be careful not to judge. So it's, it's a mess, man. I mean, it really is such a messy situation. It's so complicated. But my default position is, is almost like, I mean, do you think all pastors, if they had a successful ministry and then they fell, do you think they should all be restored back? so they can have that successful ministry again. Yeah, I mean, the Bible doesn't tell us what, yeah. I mean, Peter, I mean, Peter denies Jesus, and what is it, 90 days later? Right. He's doing, preaching the first sermon that launches the church. Right. So I think we got to be careful with pronouncements, but I do think um, there are certain, you know, behavioral impacts of sin that might need that might require a pastor from stepping out, yeah. you know, for for a season. I also think doctrinally, you know, right. if a pastor gets off doctrinally, and we got a lot of verses about doctrinal faithfulness in the scripture, that's as big a deal as your practice, yeah. according to the scripture. So it's both and. Yeah, you get off doctrinally, you get away from Jesus, you get, you get away from living like Jesus. You probably need some restoration, and a lot of pastors probably don't need to be pastors. Right. So right. yeah, I agree. Right. I mean, it seems like. And, and and uh I know I know Peter preached in front of a bunch of people too, but it's like the the church culture now is so consumer driven. Uh there's no there's no real I mean, give me a break for Americans that think that we're really persecuting their country. There's there's no real persecution here, not like they were experiencing. So it seems like uh you know, it seems like different animals 
uh, and 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 I think the big difference is it seems like pastors they just are so intoxicated by the stage and the people and the influence. Yeah. I really do believe there's like an addiction that they have to get back to. I mean, there I we have all seen everybody in this room have seen pastors where you're looking at them, you're like, they are making complete fools of themselves, yeah. and everybody sees it, and they don't accept them. And 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 here's here's the real tragedy is I know some of those guys have been told stop. And they're like, nope, not yeah. listening to anybody. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's just. Well, it's super confusing to be a pastor. Yeah. I'm called by God, but I like it when people pay attention to me. Right. I want to do, I want to help people, but I really like it when you like my sermon. Yeah. yeah. And that's, that's pretty crazy. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I have a, I have a heart for pastors. I mean, it's a heart. Listen, it's not the hardest job. You know, people it's the hardest. I don't know. I think there's probably harder jobs, right. but it is a confusing job. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. How, so. How did your, uh, obviously sharing only what you're comfortable with, but how, how has your wife walked through all of yeah. this? It was super hard. I mean, you know, when I told her about the emotional affair first two weeks, I mean, it, seriously, every morning I got up and most nights I didn't even sleep. She would be waiting on me if I drifted off with a list of numbers Yeah, from, that she had got from my cell phone. Who is this? Who yeah. is this? Who yeah. is this? Who is this? And, um, and then they took, you know, one of the things that happened in the restoration process, they took my hard drives for eight years. Wow. And my text messaging records for, I think, that number of times. And did somebody look through them all? Had a forensic FBI dude. Oh, gosh. Sweep it all. Was that the third party that did that? that? Well, the the, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wow. And it took like three months. See, I would have, I would get in trouble just because I clown around with my friends. Yeah. They'd be like, what in the world? I was, like, I was just kidding with my friends, right, man. Right, right. Well, <laughs> did you I have mean, any of that stuff come up? Like, dude, why did you say that? Well, yeah. And I mean, and, and you know, I'd, I'd looked at pornography. It's weird. I had a weird legalism. I would look at pornography on my phone, but yeah. not my computer and iPad, because that's where I worked on my sermons. Yeah. Got to keep them separated, baby. Crazy. <laughs> so there was that. But they came back. I knew I had my wife's heart. Um, so this is three months. Yeah. So she lo- looks through all my stuff, but like, she doesn't like, what could this guy have been doing? Look at, and they came back and they said, we didn't find anything. Right. And I told her that. And she's like, I knew they wouldn't find anything. Yeah. And I was like, oh my gosh. Like, you know, like that was a big deal. Yeah. Like she trusted me, even though she didn't have wow. evidence to trust yeah. me. That must've been a sweet moment. And for it sure. was. And, gosh. but it's been hard, man. I mean, it, it you know, and, and, you know, it, once again, just to be clear, like right. every time I try to find somebody to blame, I find a mirror. It, right. Like I did all this to right. my family, to my church, uh, the name of Christ. And, um, you know, we've had some amazing counselors um, that have helped us. But, you know, we still have to do a lot of work. I mean, we, we have trust. I mean, if I can't imagine that if you cross a physical boundary. Yeah. That, I mean, I, I just saw the emotional, what right. it did to us, like a physical, ba- I can't imagine. I, I have such sympathy for people who go right. th- through that. Um, but it's been hard. Yeah. I mean, it's been admitted. But I, I will say we've been married for almost 26 years. Our marriage is stronger now. Yeah. My my relationship with my kids is better now. And if it wouldn't have, if if all this would not have happened, yeah. I don't know if I could have said that. Because totally. I think ministry would have been my mistress, would have taken my passion yeah. and gotten the best of my intimacy. And it yeah. forced me. It's the addiction got starved out. Yeah. Um, and I think I pick up ministry now a little bit with yeah. a looser hand. Yeah, totally. And hopefully that'll continue. So, I mean, put, push back on this because I, I mean, what we talk about a lot on this podcast, it seems like, it seems like the system is so bad 
And 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 I'll, I'll give you some reasons. I mean, first of all, we, we had a speaker tonight even say this. People are overexposed and underdeveloped. We got young punk kids, honestly, that have no business teaching people. I just I'll just say it. I mean, and it's not my business to say which ones or anything, but I just I think we could I mean, I could say that I had no business speaking yeah. to anybody at a certain age and stuff. And I know there's getting your feet wet and all that kind of stuff. But so that's that's one part of the problem is there's like zero accountability. It's like, oh, you're good behind a microphone. Well, then you need to teach people thousands and stuff. Yeah. That's one problem. But then the other problem, it seems as if something needs to be jolted big time because there is a lot of pastors. I just found out about another one five minutes ago. There's so many pastors, big time names. And it's like, and and I, honestly, this irritated me. There's a, a someone who I consider a, a, a dear friend, someone I respect, someone who was a supervisor at, at one point. And I presented this question, maybe maybe now his the, the tune would change, but his response was just like, you know, I'm, I'm sick and tired of people picking the church apart and being so negative. And I know so many great pastors and stuff. I'm like, please don't tell me you don't see this as an epidemic. I mean, come on, take right. take the most successful pastors out there. And there's a huge percentage now that are no longer on the radar. So it just seems like there's got to be a jolt in the system. Something is wrong. And you're a specific example of how that can be redeemed and restored. But it's like there's something about the system where it's we're just going to crank out more and more of these situations, I think. Right. Yeah. I mean, is there something broken that needs to be fixed in a deeper level? Well, it, except, I mean, does that make yeah, sense? Yeah. Well, I mean, I think First Peter 4.17 says judgment begins with the household of God. I think God is judging judging celebrity in the church. Wow. Oh, it, snap. I don't think we have to, you don't have to be captain discernment to see it. Yeah. Just get on Twitter. So it's th there. does that mean that he's like, uh, like kind of, kind of like, I think with him and A.S. and Alexandria or something where they were given over to Satan, like God saying, Hey, if you want celebrity, have it. And yeah. see well, how Romans one out. says judgment is God giving people what they want. Yeah. Wow. So I think uh, That's intense, man. That, that there's a lot of context of Romans 1, but I think one of the things is you, you're given over right. to, to your lesser nature. Right. And I think the narcissistic, um, celebrity, self-promoting, platform-building thing that is the evangelical industrial complex. Right. And it's not actually, it's not just that you, you get, you get that, but you also get it on the other, on, on both sides of any, any time you mix religion with book sales and um, conferences and money, you're going to have problems. I don't care what your theology is. I don't care. What, but the megachurch um, <clears throat> culture, the publishing culture, they're never going to tell you to stop. Yeah. They're never going to tell you don't. It's too much money. It's too much money. Yeah. And so I do think there is a, a problem. I, I don't know what to do other than, um, you know, Pastor Greg and I, you know, are trying to help young pastors right. preventative and, and just go, listen, do do what you're what, what you're called to do. Don't try to be someone else. Right. And stay humble and be and love Jesus and love your people and be a pastor. And if God, you know, gives you more influence, great. But yeah. just be content. You don't yeah. like don't aspire to that. I, I but aspire to be great. I, I don't I don't want right. to say oh just be you know right. be a little bit. No, like want great things for God. Right. But take God very seriously. But don't take yourself so seriously. Right. And you and I have the utmost respect uh, for Pastor Greg. I love the guy, and uh, I think he's so generous to even give me liberty to talk about stuff like this. But it does like 
with the best intentions and all the good, so much good that comes out of ARC. And I would even say so much good that comes out of these gatherings. But there's something about these gatherings that ain't helping much. And I don't know how to put it. And and there has been years in the past where I was just like, how many more people are going to get up behind the microphone and say how they used to be a nobody sitting in the top row? Like, I've heard that a billion times. We don't care that you used to be a nobody. You're still a nobody. You know what I'm saying? Like, we're all nobodies. It just seems like there's something that we even got to keep a pulse on with these sorts of things. But that that's that's hard. I mean, when you've got thousands of people crammed into a room, I mean, to me, the only antidote of that is get get a couple of people with 100 people going to their church that are decent communicators and let them say, but, how oh, God, but, but wait a minute, wait a minute. Let me turn this, I, well, let let me turn s- this around. Yeah, on you. Yeah, okay. Please. So you do a conference. Yeah. Are you going to do that with your conference or are you going to get the big names? Um, we've, we got half and half. Okay. Because I, I do think I do think the big names, uh, peop, and, and here's what I've come to, the big names are big names because they're good. They're good at communicating, but there are some non-big names that are yeah. are really good too. So it's, it's but it's sometimes what those big names communicate. Like I, uh, I got a lot out of Battlefield of the Mind, but I'll never forget when Joyce Meyer actually said, I mean, we used to have a nothing Bible study on our living room floor before God bless. I was like, a nothing Bible study in your living room? That sounds really good, actually. Why did you just call it a nothing? You know, it's yeah. just, it's this mentality of yeah, what's bigger is when better, things yeah. get big, right. that's God's hands on it. Yes. And that gets all muddied with the, I mean, when when you have a lot of people going to your church, that means God's a, anointing is on you. Well, what about Jesus who only had 12 people following him? Exactly. Around, you know, and he exactly. spoke to some crowds, but... Uh, I don't think they were committed church members or anything like that. So, you know, I, there's no, there's no, obviously no resolution we can, you know, reach at this point, but it does seem to be a, a big system failure and that the church can't go away. It's not going to, and it can't. I mean, the church, I do believe is what carries hope, but my gosh, if it's not. Well, I mean, but John 15 is getting pruned. That's what yeah. I was saying earlier. I mean, so I think, you know, that's but, so encouraging. Like, if you really believe that, like, I'm like, man, that's encouraging. It, 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 it's clear. And so I think our job as Christian leaders is to say, all right, here's the wrong. Let's point out error, yeah. sin, um, and then let's make it better. Yeah. You can deconstruct all day long and say, right. how, but what are you building? Yeah. Let's build something. Yeah. Let's do something. Let's do good. Let's make it better. Right. That's what I want to do. So what would you, I mean, so here's what I would, with with this conversation as the context, here's what I would say to our listeners, and then I want you to, you know, take a, a stab at it as well. But I would say, you know, the way that you can start helping this is stop seeing your pastor as different than you. He or she is not different than you. They are just a person that has, has been called or took up a position or whatever. But how many times... Do you have to see pastors get involved in some really messed up stuff for you not to realize, oh, wait, I get it. We're all on the same playing field here. And the worst thing I can do is to separate that person and not call them out and allow them to have no accountability. And uh, so I would tell our listeners, please just get that mental block. I have that mental thing in my head. I seriously, I'll catch myself being enamored by someone because they've got great gifts and everything. I'm like, yeah. whoa, wait a second. That goes against everything that I know in my heart of hearts because quite frankly, some people think I'm gifted at some stuff and I know what's gift, deep down yeah, in right. there. Gifting has nothing sure. to do with character. Yeah, right. Do we not have a lot of, of ink spilled in the Bible on yeah. Samson right. and even Peter? I mean, think about Peter. He, sent, he denies Jesus. He gets restored. Paul has to rebuke him for being a racist right. in Galatians 2. Right. And then he has to see three visions to right. say, 
it's okay if you love non-Jewish people. That's Peter. That's why we all love On Peter. this rock, I will build my... We're all a mess. We're right. all broken. We're all in the process. And I love what you just said. Like, so is your pastor. Right. So be gracious. Right. And then, and then also speak truth. Right. And speak truth to power. And right. don't And don't just go, well, I mean, like, I think that is our responsibility, speaking the truth in love, but speaking the truth. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, so what would you say, like... For our listeners who go to church or have abandoned church or or whatever, how would you say what role do they? So let's let's say the listeners that still go to church still have a pastor and all that stuff. Like, what would be baby steps for them to take? Because you know, obviously, most people that are not on staff don't don't have crazy contact with the pastor. They right. share they're sure. to sing songs and listen to a message. You yeah, know, go to small group. Number one, pray for your pastor every single day. Yeah, pray for their family, and and actually. I mean, and when I say pray for them, I mean like, and ask God, how can I encourage them? Mm-hmm. I think that's number one. Like, and 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 start there. Right. And then if you do see something that you go, hey, whatever the, the you know the the um, government is of the church, yeah. Um, you know, approach the right people. Don't talk about them. Talk to them. You know, do the best yeah. you can to talk to the right people if you have concerns. Right. Um. And if it gets to a point where you're like, hey, I don't like what I'm seeing and I, I don't feel like I'm being heard, right. um, you know, that's when you can leave. Right. Totally. But don't, don't, I mean, pray, pray for, if yeah. you're not praying for them and you're not willing to have those conversations directly right. and you're part of the go- gossip right. train, yeah. don't do that. Yeah, so I would, and, go and, ahead. And, well, I would just say, too, when you say encourage, what I don't think people should do is, oh, you're so great. I just no. love you. You're so awesome. That's flattering. Encouragement is, I'm here for you. If you no. if you ever need anything, you may not be. I, I may not be the one you want to talk to, but if you just want to go fishing with someone, or you know, or just anything, like yeah. I'll never and forget courage. Yes, like yes. bring courage to them. Like I'll never forget there was a there was a pastor on James Island, the little town that I uh, oversee a church at, and committed suicide. And a woman came up to me in the church and stopped me, and as sincere as she could be, and I was like, oh my gosh. And part of me wants to pat myself on the back and say, I think, I think I had maybe a little bit to do with creating this culture, but there goes my pride. But she said, if you ever feel that low, and th- this person has no leadership in the church, great, great servant in the church, and, and that's, but not on staff, not an elder or anything, just someone who serves and really kind person and, and leadership and all that stuff. But she basically just said, if you ever get to that point, I hope you know that you can talk to any of us and that we would be destroyed if you ever felt like you had to take your life. And for some people that may have been like, whoa, crazy town, get away from me. But I was like, I'm so happy that people great, feel yes. like they can come to the pastor and assume that I could be suicidal because yep. I could. Yeah, I'm, I'm not above that. You yeah. know, I mean, I, so yeah. Well, um, is there anything that you wanted to add that we didn't get to? And then we got to, we got to touch on Jordan Peterson. Real okay. Quick. But All is right. there anything with this story and everything? I really appreciate you, um, you know, being so open. And I think telling the story is the most important part of this. And yeah. obviously the, the anytime, I mean, anytime you gather a bunch of people together and uh, I'd say the church is up to what, like a billion, I mean, you're going to have serious problems. Yeah. <laughs> people are good at messing things up. And yeah. I mean, that's, that's something that we all have to accept for sure. Yeah. And I think just do the best we can to, Keep those fires. <laughs> well, I, I think it's. Fires. I think it's. You know, I would just, and I especially say this to the folks that have given up on church or just struggling to go back. I mean, um, you know, that was where I was right after my experience. I'm like, I don't want anything to do with the church. I didn't want to be a pastor again. I, I didn't want anything to do with the church. And 
we didn't go to church for over a year. Right. We had a little home group. And so um, I would just say, don't give up. Don't give up on the church. Yeah. Now, maybe there's different forms. And I love the church in all those forms. House churches are great. Um, I, so I, I just think don't give up on the church. And remember the core of Christianity, because what it says is we're saved by sheer grace. Yeah. Which means God saves us in spite of us. Yeah. In spite of our sin, in spite of our rebellion. And so because we're saved by sheer grace, um, we should have great compassion on other strugglers, even leaders who are abusive. Yeah. And so that doesn't mean we condone what they do, but it just says we're all sinners. Yeah. We all need God's grace. And the gospel says um, Jesus died in our place for our sin. So the focus is Jesus. Um, the opportunity is for us to receive his grace. That's what it means to be a Christian, right. to stop being your own savior and to, to trust him to be your leader and then to live out of grace. Yeah. And that's what I would just encourage everybody is, man, it, like there's so much wrong in the world. Let's make it better. And grace is the answer. Yeah, totally. Totally. All right. So two more things, your podcast and Jordan Peterson. So let me give you some context. What, uh, and uh, I'll, I'll mess this up a little bit. So Matt sees Jordan Peterson in the same category as Donald Trump, Mark Driscoll, and for real context, Dabo Sweeney, who he adores. These are guys that, uh, and I'm and I'm sure there's some ladies too, but these are some low-hanging fruit. These are guys that are so ahead of everybody else. They know exactly what to say. They're great manipulators. They get their way. I mean, come on. You may not like Trump, but the dude's a genius. He got elected. Yep. He has no business. I mean, something he did is genius, whether yeah. it was cheat. I don't, the dude is impressive. You should look up what Scott Dilbert says. I mean, uh, what, uh, not Scott Dilbert, Scott Adams, who wrote the cartoon Dilbert right. about how he dissects Trump. It's, oh, it's genius. It's I mean, it tells you how he did it. But right. anyway. So, so Perfect. Driscoll, I mean, the, the fact that, and I know he's, you and I both love him. You love him up close and personal. I love him from afar, but I mean, this is a guy that has the capacity to get people to follow him and play by his own rules. Um, Dabo Sweeney, the dude knows what to say behind the microphone. He knows how to get the kids riled up by being braggy, but then he can be super humble and say, we don't even belong in the same category as Alabama. I mean, he knows what he is doing and the man is a genius. It's like, so I think, uh, it's probably a little too, um, it's probably inaccurate for me. Matt is very impressed by Jordan Peterson, but I think he has it in a category of, yeah. of this, which obviously, Trump and Driscoll, I don't think Matt would see them in a positive light. So anyway, you got to have breakfast with them. Yeah. And, and you're you're like, this dude's real deal. Yeah, it's correct. Well, the breakfast was amazing. He like was the good very eggs kind. and good sausage yeah, and exactly. the omelet was just he killer. only eats meat. <laughs> oh, oh, that's right. That's right. So he had Total a big carnivore. T-bone, like that he had it for the night before for dinner, had it for the breakfast and lunch. That's wow. all he eats. Salt and meat. And it's cured all of his autoimmune stuff. It's Gee. insane. He look the guy looks like he's 40 years old and he's 60 years old. It's amazing. <laughs> However, that wasn't what was most impressive. Right. It was. His mom was there. So I got to meet um, his mom, which is crazy. But what happened, he's doing. He's being interviewed, and uh, a guy rushes the stage, a kid that we, we learned had some mental illness. Oh, wow. And he was screaming, help me, help me, help me. So he wasn't being aggressive. Right. Um, and so Ugh, that gives me Jordan Peterson, he, they, security gets this kid. He rushes over and puts his hand on the kid. Yeah. Then, and I know this because I know the guy who was um, traveling with Jordan, Dr. Peterson, like I know him, Jordan. Jordan's my boy. No, Dr. <laughs> Peterson. Oh, Jay. Jay. Oh, oh JP. JP. Yeah, JP. And uh, he delayed his flight 
so that he could go see that kid in the hospital. Wow. So I'm like, I, I will just it's say this. It's a little this. easier for him to do that than like you and I, but yeah, that's, I'm with you. But the Pretty point impressive. is like the guy and he, and I know for a fact he's checked back yeah. to see how he's doing. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's, so I'm like, you didn't have to do that. In fact, yeah. like you didn't cool. have to ask me about me. My wife came to the breakfast a little bit late. He totally engaged her. I found him to be the, probably one of the most impressive persons in that brief interaction, much less celebrity. Yeah. Uh, I think the guy is sincere. I think he's, I don't like his, I don't, I don't agree with all the things he says, but as far as like celebrity dudes, right. I'm impressed. Yeah. That's cool. That's cool. Not many people got to have breakfast with George. And I got Harrison, a picture. Man. It's on my Instagram account. So <laughs> nice. I'm like, I, well, I'm like, I, I feel like I'm somebody. It was a bucket <laughs> yeah. list, I guess. I don't even know. But I, yeah. how, how did that get arranged? How, how did that um, fall into place? We were doing some work at Liberty University, my wife and I, with yeah. some um, staff there. And um, yeah, we just... Uh, I got invited to the right. breakfast. And so you talked about a second ago about getting away uh, into false doctrines and how that's just as severe as like an affair or something like that. Mm -hmm. Do you think Jordan Peterson personally, do you think he's still within the boundaries of what you would call healthy doctrine? I, I really have to uh, shamefully, I, I use that loosely. I'm not ashamed of myself, but I, I know very little Jordan Peterson. Yeah. I, I plan on reading his stuff and, yeah. and but I'm just late to the game. So no, I don't he, know much. Yeah. About he's uh he articulated as he's a panentheist. Yeah. Which basically he believes that, um, much like Richard Rohr, who he had yeah. on your podcast, is a panentheist. Yeah. And Brian McLaren is a panentheist. Yeah. I, I would say that. Yeah. So God is in everything. There's so no do you personal believe those guys are out of bounds? Historical. I mean, if you, yeah, I think yeah. that's probably outside of the Apostles' Creed. Yeah. Though they're brilliant. I read Richard Rohr, I read right. Brian McLaren, I read Jordan Peterson. Yeah. There's truth there. But yeah, yeah. I, I think that might be yeah. a little farther than I would want to go. Yeah. Pan panentheism is that we that God is in everything, not God Pantheism is everything. Pantheism is God is everything. Panentheism is God, God is, is in, in everything. everything. Gotcha, gotcha. All right, so Pastors Collective, you and Pastor Greg Surratt. What's that all about? It's not boring stuff, is it? Not another pastor podcast. We're trying to be boring. bad Christian light. <laughs> I know you're not. <laughs> <laughs> kind of. I mean, we're not as cool I have as always trendy. Said, I, I have always said, and I, don't, I haven't been around you as much as Pastor Greg. Maybe I've talked to you just, just as much or maybe a little bit more, but I've always said Pastor Greg has got, like, he is so good on Sunday mornings. Like, I cannot imagine how good he is in, like, one-on-one -on -one with a microphone. Like, oh, like him, him knowing that people are going to listen and then having a conversation like this and probably feeling a little free. My gosh, it's got to be good. It was amazing. We hit, there's no, no offense to you. I just think Pastor Greg <laughs> no, is really. way better. <laughs> I'm riding the coattails, man. I know I know where I'm at. Now, what, what we, is it about? There what is no doing? script. And yeah. basically, we interview, um, you know, Christian leaders and just ask them questions. What we're focused on is um, f like struggle and pain and failure. Gotcha. Because so many podcasts is here's how I did all this wonderful right. stuff. And it's like, no, I mean, we want to hear all that, but like, what, where did, where are the hurts? Where are the wounds? What did you do? Where are you at? Right. That's really what we're focused on. So it's, um, yeah, Pastors Collective. Uh, it's like, do y'all have like a logo of one of y'all sitting on the electric chair and another one of y'all with like knives or like pain and yeah. agony and darkness and stuff? Is it really no, not creepy? at all. No, Nothing no, like no. that. But that, but if any, if any of your listeners would want to like send us some logos, we'd be open to see submissions. <laughs> Crazy talk, man, that I, I'd never heard of this, but you said, so basically we're at a conference, thousands of people there. And I didn't even think about the opportunity that you guys had for people to go and subscribe to it right then and where, but iTunes flagged it because you guys are names that have 
some uh, reputation out there. And so they had to double check to make sure y'all weren't imposters, like a fake Darren well, Patrick. Yeah, and, and the guy, and, and the guy said, Apple may call you. I'm like, if I get a <sighs> How do you phone prove call that you're on Darren my Patrick? iPhone, I don't know. I'm like, it's me. Right. Really? No, really, it's me. Right. I don't know. That's it's so weird. That's interesting. Wow. So y'all, do you feel, because honestly, the vast majority of podcasts, they start, they fizzle within seven episodes. I mean, there's so many podcasts on iTunes that they're not making podcasts. I like, I'll end it for the long haul. Y'all yeah, feel pretty excited. I think so. Yeah. I think so. I mean, because... I mean, I'm a Christian leader too. If you yeah. need to guess, I'm yeah, we got you, man. Matter. We got you're 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 in season seven. If we make it that far, I usually cancel after season six. So, but we got you in season seven. But hey, if y'all ever get me, you know you're grasping, boy. You're like, barrel, we got to yo. figure something out, man. No, <laughs> Do I you remember different strokes with Oliver, that little white kid that they adopted. Is like, oh, this is going down. Yeah, if you got to replace it. Gary Coleman. You know you're yeah, in trouble. It's like when Fonzie jumps the shark, it's <laughs> yeah. over. Yeah. So no, I wait. Th- Oliver was Brady Bunch. I think I think we are because I think. You know, in a sense, this is our attempt to um, to give another option, to give another, uh, you know, another opportunity for people to engage Christian leadership, not from a celebrity platform building perspective. That's what that we're really trying to make a statement like, like you can lead from your weaknesses. You can be vulnerable. You don't have to give in to narcissism. Uh, you don't. You don't have to live for your ministry. You can yeah. live from your ministry. You don't have to live for people's acceptance. You can live from God's acceptance. That's, yeah. Those are the themes we're trying to, yeah. cool. you know, show. Well, we'll have to wrap it here. But you know, it would be an interesting conversation to follow up at some point. Would be how do you feel depression played a role with all of this? Because it seems like you you definitely had very circumstantial depression. Like it was real deal darkness, utter pain and agony, yeah. but it was definitely the result of something. But I'm curious of the science, like does, does that make your brain like morph it into something that then is more active with depressing thoughts. I don't know how it all works. I, I know how my brain works, but that's, that's interesting. You know, well, I mean, we've talked you feel about like it a lot, lot better now. I do. I mean, the anxiety still, I could, I can feel it. Yeah. Like, and I could give into it. Whereas now, now I think I can stand against it. Whereas before I was helpless. Yeah. I don't know how that works. I have such compassion and empathy for people who deal with that. I yeah. never, I mean, it's, it is awful. Yeah. And man, and I, we mentioned suicide. If I could just say, uh, Joey, I mean, like, if you're wrestling with thoughts of death, if you've got a plan, please get help. Yeah. Like, if you're a Christian leader, um, it's such a stigma to think that you would think thoughts like that. Totally. Um, please talk to somebody. Contact us through the pastorscollective.com. We want to help you. We don't want you to struggle alone. Um, you don't have to struggle alone. Uh, we get it. We understand. We'll help you. For sure. And I'm actually going to give you Darren Patrick's cell right now. Yeah. So, <laughs> Dude, it's been awesome, man. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. Awesome. Okay, All right. So nice we'll work, that. Joey. Nice work. My God. Interviewing by yourself. Do you ever get like really nervous? You get the sweats. Like I, I will you, say. All right. So hey, um, and, and this is a guy from your church. So does that make it extra? All right. So uh, at the risk of sounding like an arrogant asshole, <laughs> I, I don't mind saying stuff like this. I think if you think about and and you guys were really good early on keeping us grounded like we had a lot of people listening to us and we, you know y'all basically were like we are not if good you say at this. you're you're going to say you're a good interviewer no, he's listen. gotten he's going to say how hey, listen, good he's got a humongous <laughs> disclaimer <laughs> no, listen, a humongous uh, disclaimer now about how much disclaimer. he's learned and how much he's grown is the are you, are you going comes. to say pretty much yes yes <laughs> gotten really just let good me at say this. it let me say it let me Go just ahead. say it i i will say I think we have gotten a lot better because I really did feel like I jumped into this thing. I jotted five things down 
And there was literally, now obviously you have to be careful if someone's never podcasted before, of course they're going to be like, wow, that's a pretty decent skill. But there were five other guys in there and uh, they I, really gave me a compliment and I was like, wow, that really makes me feel good. I mean, they were just like, man, that was really good how you kept the conversation going and how you just knew when to turn and all, like they recognized a skill and I think that is of of course we have developed a skill. Do you know how many hours we've invested in this thing? Now, I'm not saying we've arrived. I'm not saying we have even the the tenth of a talent of like a Joe Rogan, but we're for sure, we've developed a skill in interviewing. I hope to God we have by now. So yeah, that's all I'll say is I think that uh, when I listen to older material of Bad Christian, I'm like, wow, we have gotten better. Thank all God right, let's that just we take a little a minute here and celebrate uh, ourselves. <laughs> yeah. You know what? Good job, Y'all, self. That's fine. Hey. That's fine. You know Y'all what? can make fun of me, but I think hey, there's five people you know that what? don't do I'm podcasts awesome or interviews, and they said we're good. Yeah. <laughs> they said Joey's a good in. If I, I I actually do the podcast and totally disagree with those five guys, but Joey says I'm a fool. I'm saying we're not good, but I, some reason I'm wrong. And these five people <laughs> who don't do podcasting or interviews tell Joey, "Hey, you're really good at this." The yeah, twists I'm and the sorry. turns, I, and he goes, "You're right, I am." No, I, no, that. <laughs> what if, I, I mean, what about me that does podcasting? And says we're not that good at it. You totally discount that. Okay, I think we're talking about two different things because when you talk about how good of interviews we are, interviews we are, you talk about the journalistic side of things, the research side of things. There's another skill, and that's the conversational piece as far as getting people keeping them on track, shifting gears, going into another direction and just having a feel. I don't give a shit what you think about me. I think that I've developed a skill. I don't I mean I'm just conversational right now. We'll I let think you I've have developed it. a skill. You I don't certainly care. haven't gotten worse and we've certainly you're right. If you've done it hundreds of hours and you haven't improved at all, that should tell you to quit and that's, that's not true. the case. So yeah, we'll right. keep all moving on. In fact, we can practice a little bit more right now. We're going to talk to a couple of BC clubbers that are all in, which means that they support us at the highest level really that we offer um, monthly and they're part of our community and so we yeah. do what we can there, and we've been delinquent on it, but we're trying to get those on and highlight them and see why they joined and how there's interesting people out there. Anyway, that's the deal here. So let's just try to see if we can interview them, and here's the challenge. Yeah. we got to talk to them and keep it about five minutes and yeah. make it interesting. So mm-hmm. we'll try to do low amount of small talk and get right to the point, see who they are, what they're about, and thank them for being on the BC Club and see if we can make that interesting and engaging yeah, content I, I, what do you yeah, say you're, you listeners right now they're listening to the podcast write us go on the facebook page or whatever and tell us how we did you won't know these two people but just tell us how good of an interview we did <laughs> tell us our interview <laughs> skills one to ten i would love to hear what uh, other folks say we're gonna it, knock it out of the yeah. park as a, see if I, we I, see if I we agree. capture you might not know you won't know these two people and so this will be interesting to see how good our skills are okay so the first one we have is a guy that's a bc clubber been there a long time his name is john John, can you hear us? Hey, what's going on, guys? There what's you up, are, John. That is awesome. Thank you for joining the show. I hear very having unique my name there, John. I have in my notes. <laughs> Go ahead. I just, <laughs> I just told me I had a unique name. That's all. We finished. He has, two, he has two first names. Has that gotten you in a hell of a lot of trouble in your life, John? <laughs> <laughs> no, my name is uh, John Matthew Grant. So my parents went the biblical route and oh, no wow. creativity whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, as a Matthew, I, I hear that very uncreative name. So that that's that's the way it goes. But I have here my, my brother notes. is a Benjamin David. So there's. <laughs> I'm Joseph Michael, but I landed on a really good last name. My last name sets me apart. Well, I got in my notes here that you found out about the Bad Christian Podcast from a one-night stand. 
Is that true? Kind of. Uh, it sounds a lot. <laughs> it sounds a lot better than it actually happened. So this was back in like early two thousand. It sounds a lot better than what had happened. Yeah, yeah. So usually, <laughs> sex happens on a one night stand. This was <laughs> didn't really happen that way. But you know, I was single in two thousand sixteen. Uh, went on a date. Went well. Came back to my place. Uh, watched a movie, and we both kind of just fell asleep on the couch. So technically, you know, she stayed over. Then the next morning. You know, I felt terrible just because, you know, with my guilt conscience and everything, I was trying to make it up. So I was like, you know, trying to get to know her better so I could at least make my conscience feel better. So she was asking what kind of music I used to listen to and things like that. And she's like, oh, well, if you listen to Emery, have you heard of the Bad Christian podcast? And I had not. So uh, I forget her name. I wish I remembered, but she was the one that turned <laughs> me on to you guys. And I probably binged every single episode at that point within like a couple of days. So I've been a faithful listener ever since that's insane <laughs> oh, so you're saying you did not have sex with her but you felt guilty about just spending the night yeah 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 just you know, my upbringing and everything you know i know where you're coming from man i know yeah. where you're coming from so i could justify like, hey like you know i know all this about here you know we're really good friends now so later in the day <laughs> i can kind of like relax <laughs> that's crazy and so you were that had that guilty conscience and then later here it's, i've got it, that you stopped believing in god after Trump was elected. So you went from being that guilty conscience <laughs> person to now you're a not BC pod listener. Trump gets elected. Now you're not a Christian anymore. He's like, he's like, if God can't stop that, I cannot <laughs> believe in any God. <laughs> 2016 had a lot of ups and downs. <laughs> <laughs> but it was just one of those things where like, I didn't really talk politics too much with my family. And then whenever I see all my pastors and like my Southern Baptist high school teachers all gung ho for Trump. It was just kind of like, this goes against everything you guys have told me as a kid. So it was just kind of like, maybe I should rethink things and not just take everything for truth and just kind of explore on my own. And then the more I dig, dug in, the more I listened to you guys, I'm sorry. Like it was just kind of, there's more out there. I should think through things a little, a little bit more thoroughly. So, but you blame That's, us more, you blame us more or Trump more? For the deconversion, oh, Trump, for sure. Okay, good. For sure, yeah. yeah. That Trump. So, so it's funny I mean, that, that one of that that really rings true with me too, because so many people say, "Hey, your actions are going to lead somebody astray," but they never think about their actions leading somebody astray. Like, you know what uh, I mean? Like, the, the, a, a pastor talking about being pro-Trump from the pulpit, or all these people, and you, if you actually say. You That's might not point, be man. Republican, especially in the South, the Bible Belt, Texas or something. Uh, not everywhere, but a lot of places, then you're like a bad person. You're the bad person. And you're leading people astray because you're, you know, you're not on the Republican train or something like yeah, that. Yeah, really think crazy. of all think of all the scandals. Like oh, yeah. how many people how many people were led astray by pastors not keeping everything in their own pants? Seriously. And, just as and that was a big that. And that was a big thing for me too. It was like I realized they just don't care. It's about teams, you know, like if Trump was the Democratic nominee, they would have been all against him. But because he was on their team, he was on their mm -hmm. side, they can look past those things. So it was just kind of like there's a lot more bullshit going on than I kind of realized beforehand. But, but let, how let do me, you let me give you a, to, go ahead. Let me give let me give you a quick uh, Joey Svensson angle. What what does any of that stuff have to do with Jesus? And I and I don't even whether you believe in Jesus or not, whatever. But what's the correlation there? Other than, well, I'll leave it there. What's the correlation? Those people and Jesus, why are they connected? Oh, I guess the correlation I had was they were telling me that follow Jesus because this is right and yeah. don't do all these things. So as soon as they lost credibility on 
endorsing a tr- president like Trump, it was like, right. okay, well, maybe you guys were being dishonest about all these other Jesus things too. So, so do you so, do you do you think a legitimate other option would would be all these church people are dumbasses, and I'm not I'm not with them anymore, but I'm still in this Jesus train? Would that be another option, or would you say no? Uh, not at this point. Right yeah. now, I just want to start from ground zero. Just yeah, for sure unlearn a lot of things there was a lot of uh i guess you would say biblical abuse in my high school that was going yeah. on so right now it's just kind of i don't want to deal with any of that yeah. i'm happy yeah. right now so if i can stay out of the political conversation stay out of the religious conversation and just focus on my mental health and everything else that's what heck i'm focusing yeah, on so heck yeah well we're we're glad to hear some of that stuff i mean i'm never really happy to hear somebody doesn't believe in jesus anymore specifically but i certainly understand that and i I definitely like the idea of starting at ground zero and then seeing what's real and stuff like that and uh john we really appreciate you being a member of our community and supporting our podcast at this level and we tell people we're not trying to take people's tithe money or anything like like that but but it really does mean a lot that you support our show and and the stuff we're doing and we're glad to get some facetime with you here today i know we've met you before but uh it's good to have you on the podcast for a minute hey thanks a lot guys i appreciate hey, it hey you kind of right. look like you kind of look like what a usc quarterback would look like i just wanted to tell you that <laughs> hey i appreciate it yeah, man. I'll, take, I'll take that as a compliment <laughs> it was it was good looking quarterbacks i guess <laughs> <laughs> all right see you john all right see you guys thanks okay let's see if we, we got another one here let's see we've got eric eric are you there i'm here eric good you can hear us too huh yep well, welcome to the podcast. Glad to have you finally on. We've been a little bit delinquent in getting some of these these interviews done here, but we're glad to have you. Um, we have here, and we're notes here, and I see your nice headset. So you're a podcaster. Tell me about that. Yeah, I work uh, for a company called Pro Football Focus, which is in uh, which is oh, wow. owned that is insane. by. I, I know that so well. That's awesome. Yeah, so I I'm the senior data science one of the senior data scientists there, and then I host the the PFF forecast. Uh, so we talk about all kinds of things, NFL and uh, gambling and uh, fantasy football and those types of things. That's awesome. Oh well, let's talk about gosh. Aaron Rodgers then. That's what Let, we're all interested in NFL wise. Let's not keep know. this to five minutes. Let's take this to an hour and a half. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Aaron. I, I grew up a Vikings fan, uh, and and. Much like, uh, you know, much like the, uh, you know, Christianity and the way, you know, sort of the way I sort of deconstructed that a little bit. I've, I've sort of not been and, and now that I'm a professional in the football industry, I, I sort of don't root for them anymore. But I did very much grow up hating the Packers and rooting <laughs> against Aaron Rodgers. So uh, even though that's not the way it is anymore, it was part of my life at one point. Well, what's now, your opinion now, on this? What was your opinion on the drama they've had there lately with the story coming out about him and McCarthy and all that stuff? I've been thought that's been very interesting. Yeah, I mean, I think the hard part is is that you know football is a game. It's not as much of a game of superstars as basketball, but you know it is very much a game about quarterbacks. And I, I think any quarterback that's worth his salt is going to have you know a chip on his shoulder, is going to have an edge to him. Um, and, and I think quarterbacks that don't like, you know, Kirk cousins, for example, come off as kind of fake. Right. So I think the fact that Rogers has a chip on his shoulder ha- has been what has made him brilliant at times, but, uh, it also sort of makes, you know, uh, relationships with coaches abrasive. So I, I totally buy into the fact that he didn't McCarthy didn't get along. Um, I, I think, you know, I would have taken probably Rogers side given that McCarthy seemed to have gotten stale, um, but I, I do think that the, all of those stories are real. 
uh, it's interesting though. I, I'm, I'm interested to see how he reacts to having a coach who's like a younger than him and B uh, hasn't really proven himself at the NFL level. Does he, you know, railroad him all season or does he play along? Yeah. I, yeah. you know, I don't, I don't even care. Like, I don't have to think someone's a good guy to be a fan. Like, as long as they're kicking ass and taking names and they're on my team, I'm like, go Aaron Rodgers. But some of the stuff that I heard really does seem like not only would he keep people at arm's length that he didn't just 100% trust, but he was just an asshole. And, like, I have – I love Greg Jennings, and I know it's just one story against another, but, like, if Aaron Rodgers treated Greg Jennings like Greg Jennings says that he did as far as, like, you know, telling an opposing team, hey, man – you know, his uh, his contract's up this year. Why don't you guys take him? That's just, that's very, very assholish. And again, if he, if Aaron Rodgers, I want him to stay on the Packers because he's, but I'll tell you this, I don't want him on the Packers if he does not follow a coach because we will not win. I don't think, unless, unless he becomes like an evil villain and says, no, watch me. Now that would be crazy if he says, fuck everybody, I'm not listening to anybody and I'm still going to win a Super Bowl. I wonder if that's even possible. Well, uh, it's really it's really hard in the NFL to win with a quarterback that's making that much money if the rest of the team isn't tight, you know. So the right. the Seattle Seahawks just signed Russell Wilson. There's question marks about that. Uh, you know, the reason that the Patriots are brilliant is that Brady takes a discount, and they are one of the more functional teams in the NFL. So what you see with Green Bay is that now that the defense, the drafting has sort of caught up to them, the defense isn't quite as good. The coaching fell off. You go from being like a sure win, ten, eleven, twelve you know, games every single year to now, you know, they haven't made the playoffs in two straight years. So I, I, I think you see the product of that. Hopefully uh, for them, they can use the draft pick they got from New Orleans and some of those things this year to, you know, enhance their roster and, and sort of tap into this Rogers thing. So I think it is tough to see his, his brilliance and have, and them having only one Super Bowl. 100%. Now, I am uh I don't want to talk about Aaron Rodgers and emotions anymore. We got an analytics guy here. So, Pro Football Focus that that's like uh is it like a subscription for like you can do a subscription and it's like helps you with fantasy football. What's the big big stuff there with with what you do? Yeah, so we have I mean, it's a few different things. So, we we have all the 32 teams that are clients. So, one of my one of my jobs is to help the teams try to be better, uh to work on special projects for them. Another one is media. So a lot of the stuff that we do gets up on Sunday night football and Thursday night football. And then lastly, we have kind of a media side where a lot of our articles are free. A lot of our articles are you know open source, but then we do have a subscription service where you can come in and use some of our data. If you're a hardcore fantasy football or a degenerate yeah. gambler or whatever, like you can come right. in and use our <laughs> stuff uh, to, to try to be better at what you're doing. Does your analytics help you with gambling? Because that and gambling is, is like about to just get insane, isn't it? We had a really good year in 2017. We had a less good year in 2018. What was really <laughs> interesting was the, when the AAF was playing games. Uh, my friend and I absolutely crushed it because we had like the preseason and the college data for all those like oh, sort of lower yeah. tier players, and so yeah. we were able to have some fun there. I, we were really, my friend and I were really broken up about the league folding <laughs> with a couple weeks left because we had we had so much fun with that. So um, yeah, you know, it's the nature of it. You know, last season was really weird, like. Uh, for example, over-unders were like four points higher than any previous year. So like the game of football evolves and oftentimes it evolves away from the way you think it will and you can be right. wrong. Um, hey, t- but- uh, t- t- tell me this, just uh, I got to ask, being a big Clemson fan, how many people just made bank by throwing 
big bucks on Clemson? Like, was it extremely rare or was it a, a big bang for a lot of people? I think actually, I think the majority of sharp people were on the Clemson side. Um, wow, and, and I think it was because Alabama had been so, so priced in as, you know, the, the mm-hmm. preemptive, you know, champion. So, um, but yeah, that was a great, I mean, honestly, that was one of the, the bigger upsets. Uh, I think Clemson was plus, I think they were plus 170, plus 200 maybe going in. And that, you know, so people that bet on them certainly made a lot. And even against the spread, they had, you know, almost a touchdown to their side. So that's That's great. Well, Eric, we appreciate it. It was really nice talking to you. And thank you very much for being a a bad Christian member and supporting us, especially at this level. How did you how did you uh, come to do that or get into the podcast in the first place? I probably have the same background as many of you. You know, I grew up in a pretty conservative home. Uh, I was a college professor before I did this. So I had, I checked all the boxes of a backsliding person. Uh, and, <laughs> and, you know, I still, you know, wanted to follow Jesus and, 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 you know, and, and so with me, it was one of those things of finding community of people who had some of the same problems as I had with, you know, family members or former church members telling, asking you what has gone wrong with you and all that kind of stuff. And, and so I think this is a, you know, I, I really want to thank you guys for having this community because it's, 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 you know, everybody needs to be able to know that their situation isn't singular and that, that, you know, you can, you, you can have community with people who are going through the same things as you're going through. Well, That's I appreciate awesome. that very yeah, much. Sure, I'd love man. to talk to you some more, you know, maybe offline about gambling. It's definitely something yeah. <laughs> I, I'm interested in doing. So I'm glad to have smart people, other creators, podcasters, all that stuff uh, listening to us. That's really good. So, and uh, with it, I know we talked about your podcast, but you want to plug that directly in any way? Yeah. So we're on iTunes and Podcast One. It's the PFF Forecast. Um, if you want to follow me on Twitter, it's PFF underscore Eric. Right on. Awesome. Thank you so yep. much. And USC, usctrojans.com for the other. <laughs> so, yes, good good job on that. Very, very good. Eric and John are terrific. They're members of the BC Club, along with another, you know, I don't know how many people it is, but yep. just under a 1,000, I think, of people that are in the BC Club. And uh, those are people that we hang out with in community, and we start the, you know, digital real, real quick, real quick, places. real quick, real quick. <laughs> Toby, Toby, you're right. We're horrible interviewers. All right, okay. go ahead, Matt. Um, so <laughs> the uh, the thing about the BC Club is we're trying to make some revisions to it. We, we just launched this week, so we just started two days ago. We're trying to basically the idea is to build this thing and have it more you know, interactive and all those buzzwords are so dumb, but the point is yeah. to, to, to have it instead of these little pockets of things people pop into is just kind of have an immersive parallel community running at all time in the backgrounds, which are now digital. So you can I get like on Marco Polo, that, you can get on discord, you can, you know, j- do the Facebook group. And the thing we're doing more interactive now is we're making an episode of the bad Christian podcast every single day. So if you're listening to this one, you only get one a week. If you're in the BC Club, yep. you get one every single day of the week. And we're doing them So live if you're from Germany, we're doing it on Mittwoch and Dreitzig, Montag. That's right, Freitag. Montag. I love it. Uh, and yeah. so we do we do one every day, and we're trying to live stream them and chat with the people while we do them in, in the club. And we're and they're they're live. They're every day. So we can talk about what's happening this today, that day, whatever, and try and keep current and just stay in touch with everybody. And that's a fun challenge. So we've only we just started this week on that, but it's the kind of thing we've been doing. And if you'd like to join the BC Club, if you just have like another dose of bad Christian, then one a week, then we invite you to come over there and join us. And we'll, that's where we'll be hanging out. And that's thebcclub.com is where you go to do that. 
And Matt, tell them the best part. We're giving everybody that signs up in the next week two years worth of free membership. Two that's two years worth of free membership. What what's that? What are the names, Reva? <laughs> I'm just kidding. It was a joke. It I didn't joke. quite get the joke. Yeah. If they what the joke is, if they sign up now, it's free. Get, wait, hold yeah, on. For two I gotta years. say something here. Man, you're right. I, maybe I was wrong about the interviewing skills, but you're totally your right about your jokes. Really your comedy has improved unbelievable. I never made those claims. Now. How in the world have you not taken that I never that made those claims. Never My God. Had. I never made those claims. All right, so here's a imagine list. Imagine of- Joey doing stand-up comedy. Can you imagine how funny just, he's going to be next year? The entire crowd just looks at him like, wait a minute, that happened? Or what? What? Is it? That's the... Hey, Toby, uh, you've got a separate sheet. You know these people's occupation. Every time we read names, we just want to pretty much get out the one description set of just a bunch of names. We want you to know a little bit about them. So I'm going to read the name. Toby's going to give the occupation. David Speth. Butt plug cleaner. Christopher (laughs) C. Go ahead. I'm sorry. More about the butt club. Butt plug cleaner. (laughs) The butt butt club. It it might work at the butt club, but it's a butt club cleaner. A butt butt plug. (laughs) He cleans plugs at the club. Okay, yes. thank you. Christopher Seashores. Lawn maintenance. <laughs> Red-headed ragamuffin. He is, uh, uh, what do they call it, the fluffer and oh, porn. Yeah. Helps totally. people keep their uh, boners. Rachel Lene, and I'm going to spell it because I could. it could be yep. Lanette, but I think it's Lene. It's L-A-N-O-U-E-T-T-E. Yep, fallen megapastor. All right, Paul Vetter. <laughs> like uh, Eddie Vetter, but Paul Vetter. Yep. Uh, last person actually working at Lifeway Christian Church. Uh, Christian, <laughs> the last store. Hey, Brandon Bass, isn't that in there? A former Celtic named Brandon Bass. We got to make sure this isn't like a, a very tall individual because that would be really cool. No, but, I'm, I'm, I know I met Brandon Bass. Uh, he does computer technology. I don't know. All right, Van Brewer. <laughs> he works with vans. Curtis Williams. That was low hanging fruit, I guess. <laughs> Works with van, not repairs, or just works with. He works Curtis, with. Yeah. His co-workers are vans. Well, I could have gone van or brewer. All right. So he could have been a brewer, but Curtis Williams, right. he works yep. at Williams HVAC. All right, Levi M. Mendoza. There's some more low-hanging fruit. My, m- what is the low-hanging fruit there? Levi. Oh, he's a priest? I was going to yeah. say. Uh, oh, I was thinking the jeans. He wears I thought jeans. he was going to work. I, I think Levi works at Mendoza Medical. All right, and Matthew Knapp. He loves to always be awake. All right. That's his job. Okay, so he <laughs> yeah. lives in his mom's basement. Yep. He, he's awake for a living. Well, thank you guys for joining the BC Club, and I uh, hope y'all are enjoying all that extra, all that dynamite podcasting going on. See you all channel. next week. Peace. Unless you're in the BC Club, we'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs>